Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the planning committee meeting this afternoon. Um, just a couple of housekeeping. There are no fire drills uh, scheduled for this afternoon, so if the bells go, it's for real. And if that happens, could you please make your way out of the two doors, down the stairs, and assemble in, the, in front of the building. Could I also ask you to turn off your mobile phones or put them onto silent or page, please, as they do tend to interrupt the meeting. Um, Apologies for for absence. He's here, Chairman. Right. Yes, and on that point, could I welcome Councillor Lennon, who has now joined us from the independent group. Um, Councillor, as I mentioned last week, Councillor Gondwin is no longer on the committee, but Councillor Lemon has taken her place. Um, there, everybody's here, but I would like to declare an in interest in... Um, Stebbing, where have you gone? It's, oh, it's, it's under Dunmo, is it? Okay. It's right, right. In UTT 14.2739, as the land that this is being proposed to be developed on is owned by someone who my family knows quite well. So I declare a, non, a pecuniary interest. I will leave the room and hand over to my vice chairman for that particular item. Are there any other declarations of interest, please? Councillor Salmon. I don't think I need directly interest on the first one of Stancy at Elm Farm, or that as a member of the Stancy Parish Council. No. It's non pecuniary. Okay. Councillor Mackman. Thank you. Well, <coughs> given what you've just said about the Dunmore application, would it make sense to change the order of business or just leave it as it is? We will leave it as it is. It's fine. Thank you. Um, anybody else? Right, well, if you think of something during the course of the meeting, please just indicate with your hand and we can take your declaration then. Uh, the minutes of the meeting held on the 12th of November. Is it a wish that I sign them as a true record of that meeting? Councillor Ranger. I have a query. Um, on page 9, application 2412 Felstead, I'm not altogether sure that um, subject to the following condition, the condition actually reads correctly what was um, approved at the meeting. The first floor corner obscured glazed window to the gable extension is to be removed. The window was to stay intact. It was one pane that was to be omitted and filled with weatherboarding, if I recall. The officer who dealt with that... Um, Chairman, uh, this, is, this is the condition on the decision notice that's been issued, obviously, um, because we issued them the day after, so, you know, that's so. Um, we can certainly have a look at that. In what I can't answer the, now, but um, we can certainly have a look at that. Is it better then to rise that under matters as arising, and I sign the minutes as a record, and then we, do we do it that way, or do we, Mrs. Oliver? Is it better, it, it's been raised here. Is it a good idea if Councillor Ranger raises it again so that we've got it in the minute, in the matters arising? Yes, it would be. Okay. So are you happy that I sign them as a true record? Uh, okay. Yes, right. I will do so swiftly. Matters arising, I'll go through page by page. Page 7. 
page 8, page 9, Councillor Ranger. Yes, thank you, Chairman. I'm not altogether sure that the uh, description uh, actually fits on that felted application what was agreed at the meeting. Um, as the officer said before, they will look into it. This has been already sent out as a decision notice, but we will look into it and get back to the committee. I think we'd all like to hear on that. If you could please email us the, uh, your response. Thank you. Chairman, I, I had yes. a sort of feeling that we said either obscure glass or totally removed it. Uh, we do need clarification on this, so we, we, we will need to clarify. I think it was, it was I don't know whether weatherboarding came into the, the equation, but let us get the officers to look back at the minutes. We have minutes, so, uh, the, the, the notes, and then we can, uh, we can clarify that. Page 10. Page 11, page 12. Okay. Have there been any applications withdrawn? No. no. Right, then we will go straight on to the business and we will start with UTT <coughs> 141133 Stansted. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> I do apologise. Oh dear, Mr. Mr. Ali Alanar is going to is going to take us through this one. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Good afternoon, members and audience. The application before you is details following an IM application registered as UTT slash one three slash nineteen fifty nine slash OP details of landscaping scale and appearance. This is in connection with an outline application that was granted planning permission subject to the following reserve matter. The site an application. The issue before us this afternoon is to decide whether the scale appearance and, and uh, uh, appearance of the building or the proposed development is acceptable. As I said, the site comprises of 13.9 hectares and is located on the south side of Stansted, adjacent to the railway line and Stansted Brook. The site comprises an area of land which can include the buildings of Ells Farm, an area of parkland to the east, and which rises up to the north. Vehicular access from the church road to the west. This has been approved during the outline stage. This afternoon I'm going to present to members that we have looked at the issue, scales and landscaping, in order to protect, in terms of appearance, in order to protect the residential area from the risk of flooding, the development of the plateau will be raised to a minimum of 7.06. The proposed four, the proposed, uh, this is a typical elevation of some of the elements of the 53 units. The proposed four blocks of buildings are designed based upon and set between the four fingers of land that make the best use of the views over the parkland setting. For example, the four fingers as shown in the proposed site layout permeates through the site given many of the buildings view onto the open parkland. Each tell a different story to complement the traditional courtyard, wood and English garden qualities that were originally found within the wider estate. In design terms, it can be concluded that the design embraces a balance of styles reflecting the size of farming heritage and historical parkland buildings, while also complementing the style that can be seen throughout the village. 
The bungalows are also driven by a mix set out by housing officer and to keep a balanced design that reflects the geometry of the development plots 5 and 9, for example, are the most logical location to accommodate these units. In terms of the scale, officers have considered that as the area is characterized by building ranging from single story to two story, approach was taken to make sure that the proposed scale and design of this building are not out of context with the built environment. For example, the five meters to the, uh, the typical width of some of the buildings that I've shown you on the slides ranges between five meters to the eaves and eight meters to the apex. A typical width comprises of 10 meters to 9.5 meters. The elevations that comprises of, uh, with, with a typical of uh, an attached garage port comprise, um, ranges between 12 meters, and the typical length are 8.5 meters. Therefore, in terms of scale, the area, as I said, is characterized by different form and layout of designed or architectural buildings, ranging from bungalows to two-story buildings. In this current proposal, minor alterations have been made to the layout and the development envelope in order to take account of affordable housing requirements as advised by the Council. The inclusion of the pumping station and the evolution of the green fingers to produce a comprehensive landscape layout. The third issue is to consider whether the proposed landscaping scheme is considered acceptable. Having discussed and considered all issues raised by all adjoining parties, in addition with the advice given by the landscape architect, that, as I said, the application site is in close proximity to the historical part and following the initial concern raised by the landscape officer, the applicant agreed to address them through revised plans. The woodland belt, for example, along the southern edge of the development with a proposed depth of planting of 10 meters has been incorporated. And the landscaping treatment of the new allotment, for example, includes changes to the access of the private driveway owned by Mr. Jamel Bros LLP and the location of the rear of the car park for the allotment site. These changes will assist to protect and safeguard the amenities of the adjoining properties and resolve the concerns and objections raised. It should be noted none of these changes alter the number of allotments and car parking spaces. While the allotment layout, access and car parking layout were all approved as part of the outline scheme. The intention of this change is to demonstrate the spirit of good neighborhoodliness and to address the concern raised by Mr. Vernon Cripp. Overall, the proposed landscaping scheme can be considered acceptable in accordance to the adopted local plan. Overall, in conclusion, in summary, the proposed scale is acceptable because they are in keeping with the character of the area. The proposed experience, appearance and design of the scheme are sympathetic to the character of the area. And finally, the proposed landscaping scheme is considered acceptable and in, a, in accordance to the adopted local plan. Chair, I recommend this application for approval. Thank you very much. Now we have one speaker who is the agent, Mr. James Brown. Uh, good afternoon, councillors. I'll, I'll keep this brief as uh, you've been provided with a robust overview there in uh, both the presentation and report from the officer and there's no third party comments that uh, I'm, I'm speaking to address here. Um, since this scheme was approved by committee outline in, in October 2013, we've been hard at work to 
complete the detail required under reserved matters and conditions. Uh, a full pack of information was submitted in July and this has been subjected to careful scrutiny not just by officers but also statutory consultees. Um, following this submission, we've also sought to positively address comments as they've come up by consultees and third parties. Specifically, we amended um, the distribution of affordable units to address comments by the Housing Enabling Officer. Uh, we um, did move the car parking and access to the allotments specifically to address a neighbour concern. Um, in response to parish comments, we've clarified that the scale of development won't impact on the Chapel Hill View Corridor and the development will not be gated. Uh, the boundary landscaping along the southern boundary was extended in response to uh, comments from the landscape officer. And finally, we clarified that uh, all the requisite standards in terms of lifetimes, homes and accessibility were met. Um, this decision today relates solely to the matters of landscaping, scale and appearance. Members should also be aware that in tandem with the reserve matters submission, we've secured conditional discharge relating to the detailed floodplain compensation scheme, which was condition 14. That's all been fully signed off by the Environment Agency. Also, details of materials, finished floor levels, contamination, remediation, drainage, ecological mitigation, those have all been ticked off. Um, we hope the members agree that the details submitted under this proposal will represent a high-quality addition to Sandstone Mount Fitchett. Approval of this detailed scheme will represent the next step in delivering these homes, which are part of your identified five-year supply, as well as you know, securing the delivery of the significant community benefits, including six hectares of public open space and improved access to Stansted Park. We'd urge you to endorse your officer recommendation and are happy to answer any questions that the committee may have. Thank you. If I could ask you to join the other people again. Thank you. A couple of questions. Uh, the... Agent has just alluded to not a gated community, but I see on the plan there are some gates there. If the officer could explain those gates right at the beginning, and also uh, I have to say I just I was slightly concerned that some of the parking areas are some distance to the houses that are on the front um, on the main spine road and. Many of us on wall members know that sometimes if a car place is too far from a house, people park on the road and not in their car, their designated car area. So I wondered whether I see a lot of green wedges there and I'm slightly concerned about the green wedges and whether in our landscaping condition, whether we have any sort of um, treatment on that to make sure that people do not park on those green wedges there. Thank you, Chair. Uh, as we can see, the part of the scheme, uh, in order to create a separation distance of what I could describe as a private and, uh, and uh, public space, there's a buffer zone of a landscaping scheme. I'm, I'm aware that, uh, uh, based on the experience elsewhere, uh, which is a common thing, that people often tend to park where they are not supposed to park. And uh, that is, at times, something beyond what um, some of us can control, but if the scheme itself can include a little bit of, um, let's assume, less than a meter barrier height here to prevent people encroaching on those private um, landscaping areas, that could probably address the issue. I think if with the agent here, um, we could be able to, if with members' uh, authorization, 
um, if this is approved, for the, for the agent to include a screening uh, a deterrent, if you like, like um, um, a barrier less than a meter high, preventing people towards that area from parking, to include it in the future details that could be approved. Okay, fine. Well, uh, it's, it's an idea lay, laid on the table. Councillor Lockland, you're first. Gate, yes. Yes, so I was going to mention that as well, but I will yeah. come back. Um, in, ter in terms of the gate, um, the, the gated access, uh, depending on the management of the entire estate, it could be designed in such a way that it is those who have access to those properties uh, for them to, uh, I mean, for the architect in conjunction with the arrangement with the applicant of this site, to make it more uh, very conservative in my view, i.e. you have to slot in a card to get your car through to show that, uh, yes, you have an easy access to the estate. And uh, I've seen it elsewhere whereby people can, sorry, people can press the, uh, an intercom here to get access if they have a visitor. Uh, that will make the scheme secure in terms of crime, in terms of security and privacy. This is, this is not a bad idea, but it is something that uh, the architect and the management might be able to include. And Chairman, can, can, I, can I just clarify? The plans make it quite clear that the gates are there as a design feature. The gates are, as a feature, they're open and they are fixed backs. So they can't be closed. They're there as a form, you know, if you like, going into a... It's supposed to be a, a courtyard area. It's supposed to be an area um, of, of a farm complex. So the, it's a design element, but you can't close the gates um, within the, the estate, if you want to call it that. They're a mixture of affordable and market houses, so it's not a gated community as such where the gates can open and close. It's a design feature there to show the entrance, but it's, uh, um, the gates are it's pillars, but the gates are quite clearly on there fixed open so they can't be moved. So it's not um, an issue in terms of um, being able to be closed and therefore being a barrier to people. It's more of a design feature than anything else, just for that clarity. Can we make sure, if we're minded to approve, that they actually says that the, the condition says these are, fi these are, these are uh, design feature, not proper gates, because I don't think we're into the realms of gated communities. Can, can I just, just pick up, though, actually, um, condition two does pick up that to some extent because the design of the estate road would not be in accordance with, it, with um, Essex Design Guide if the gates were able to cl you know, close as part of it. So it needs to be open. It's a public um, road open to the public, so therefore it needs to be that. So Condition 2, to some extent, does cover it. Um, if we needed to, we, we could add an informative to make that clear. Or, or add, uh, as part of, the, part of the bracket, we could add um, gate or something. Gate feature. Councillor Lachlan, sorry. Yeah, I was going to mention that as well because they may not be uh, able to be closed now, but there's nothing to say that in the future gates may be put in. And Stansted uh, has always fought against gated communities, and indeed I wouldn't have voted for it if I thought it was going to be. So if, if that could be quite clearly conditioned. That, that, that can be included in, part, in condition two, but as an adopted road... They can't. Right. So it's a slightly academic issue. Because of the number of units, it will need to be an adopted road. So it can be included in condition two, but they can't have a gate that comes across the road because it just won't be permissible. Right, OK. To add to that, if, if, even if the, gates, if the gate's higher than one metre, which is likely, it wouldn't need planning permission anyway. Yeah. So. No, OK, because I noticed that the Parish Council have 
commented on that as well. Uh, uh, well, the thing I was going to talk about uh, as well, because this, as you know, it was outside development limits, it's in the Greenbelt, it's on a floodplain, and all these things were overcome because of the benefits to the community, um, which, uh, you know, is good, which we've wanted for, uh, for an awful long time for that to be opened up. But uh, one of the things that was mentioned, and again the Parish Council have mentioned it, and I do live in Stansted, so I don't know if I have to declare an interest here, but um, is the inter uninterrupted view from the top of Chapel Hill, which uh, looks, uh, you can look over there and uh, it, it, there is some concern about the roof heights um, one of the reasons why it was put in that spot was so that uh, it would not interrupt the view uh, from Chapel Hill and I would like an assurance that those roof heights will be such that it will not impact on the view please thank you councillor uh, some of the things we have to scrutinise here is to ensure that the scale and mass of this development would not distort the skyline of the historical view surrounding that village and that area. So we kept it to a minimum. And the topography of the site itself, we make sure that it doesn't influence any scale and height of the buildings that were being there. That was correctly checked. And as a result of that, I can assure you the completion of this scheme will enable you to see those historical sky view of those landmarks. Sorry, and we are quite clear. That's not just over the park. That is from the top of Chapel Hill. That's correct. Okay, Councilor. right then, fine. Thank you very much. Councillor Magnan. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I remember when this came up in front of us the first time and uh, was recommended for refusal, which I thought was a shame. And it was nice to see it come back. I mean, there's two massive community benefits from this scheme. I mean, there's a large number of allotments which Stansted was crying out for. And there's access to the park, which I believe the Parish Council has been pursuing for over 20 years. Uh, if that diagram bears any relationship to what's going to end up in the future, I mean, all those trees alongside the brook will make a massive difference to flood prevention. Because uh, I don't know what the percentage is, but uh, trees get rid of excess water far more quicker, far more quickly sorry, than ordinary land. So that would make a huge difference as well. Uh, I would like to propose that we accept, uh, we approve this, and uh, hopefully somebody will second it. Councillor Eastham, you seconded that. Could I ask whether you would take on board the comment about the? Uh, we were going to add something to. My understanding to was that the gate is a dead issue anyway, because if it's an adopted road, they cannot build a gate, uh, a, a closing gate rather. We can clarify that. Yeah. Can we clarify that in condition two there? Because uh, I think Councillor Lachlan and I have I'll take your advice feel on that. that belt and braces sometimes helps. Right, Councillor Easton, do you wish to talk at this moment? No. no. Okay, Councillor Perry, you had your hand up now. Thank you, Chairman. Very quickly, um, I welcome condition one, seeing that all the gardens are minimum size, and I think that is very good. But I wonder, with the access officer's comments on 8.6, whether the conditions two or three could be boosted a little bit to cover pathways which are not there to enable access for wheelchairs and others because there is a suggestion that there are steps. Could we have clarification whether there are steps or not and whether these pathways actually come up to the standard for wheelchairs and access? Part of, part of the design scheme is to make the access or the gate access easily accessible to uh, both disabled people and or um, 
the majority of uh, people that will be actually making use of the site itself. So it's easily, it will be easily accessible. That has been taken into account, and we're going to scrutinize that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, just going back to the gate again, um, I'm really quite unhappy about the gates being there at all. If they can't be closed, there seems absolutely no point in them being there. But gates give a message. And I think to anyone coming and looking, seeing that there were two gates there, would not think of them as a design feature. They would think of them as keep out. These gates are, can be closed. Um, and so I, I think you could have two quite attractive posts, which I would also be against, but you could have two posts which actually would delineate the entrance to it and would not have gates which gave a keep out message. So I would like to propose an amendment that the gates are actually removed. I think actually uh, Mr. Brown was trying to explain to us that if the gates were over certain heights, we couldn't exclude them anyway. Is that correct? Yeah, in terms of if, if, they, if they decided and there's no indications, there's any indication they are going to close them, but if they were going to close them and put a gate across the access way, that would fall foul of the uh, state, um, the county council's adoption issues under section 38 and also assuming they're more than a metre high they would need permission, but you make an point in terms of irrespective of all that, as a design issue, they, they actually do that issue, I think that's a, but I think that's for the original proposers if, if I could just come back, I mean, my daughter lives in a gated community, it's absolutely a nightmare, I used to go up and get supper ready for when she came home from work if we were going out. I can't do that now because you can't get access to another thing to open the gates. And so, you know, and I know they can't be closed, but I think there would probably be pressure from people living in there to want them closed eventually. If they're not there, there's no problem. I, I, do you have a seconder to your amendment to begin with? Or Chairman, are I'd be happy to accept that as an amendment to the proposal, if the proposer so minded. Matt, without, when you proposed, without you having a, a, an amendment put. Okay, you would like a condition put on no gates, gates removed. I think there's a fair strength of opinion on that, so yes, uh, that point's taken. Okay. Just for a moment, Councillor Eden wishes to say we, we, they would, you would accept that, and now I've got two people who wish to speak. Councillor Eden first. Um, I wouldn't accept it. I think that's an excellent idea because it reminds motorists that it's not a public car park because one of the concerns I would have about this, it's so close to the railway station, uh, that that strip along the south side would be an ideal space for 50 or 60 motorists uh, to save for several hundred pounds a month in parking fees. So I think the notion that there is a don't come in is actually excellent. That will keep motorists out who shouldn't be there. I, I think we, may, we shouldn't go down the road there, but let me ask Councillor Mennell if she wishes to add to this. I just wanted to know if there was a historic connotation to the gates because um, it's an entrance, in, in fact, to giant parkland, so presumably there's a historic Okay, just one moment. We have to sort out the amendment first of all. It has been... Um, no, it was then taken on board by the original proposer and seconder that they but, would put but it... Only if, Christine, only if Councillor Kant's withdrawn right. it. Right, Councillor Kant, you have to withdraw your proposal. 
so that it can be added as a condition of the first proposal. Your amendment, so it can be added as a condition of the, of the first proposal. Do you withdraw your amendment so Councillor Mackman and Councillor Easton can add it to the original proposal? You're happy with that. Is that correct? Have I done that the correct way? Thank you. Right. Um, right. Councillor Menel, you are saying that, um, that the original, there could have been original gates there. Uh, do we know? Does anybody know the history of this place? Councillor Lockett. Councillor Salmon, would you like to say that again? I said the gates to the original site are further up the road under the archway. Excluding right. that gate you can see in the photo. 40 years ago. Anybody else wish to speak on this? Councillor Easton, I have you down actually. Do you wish to, was that only to add it? Okay. Right. Does anybody else wish to speak on this issue? Let me go back and tell you exactly what is proposed and seconded for approval, subject to a condition to remove the gates and a beef. I think that's it, isn't it? Sorry, just to, to just to, can I suggest we have gates feature because yes. that's because you know because okay. we're not talking about gates, we're only talking about a gates feature. Okay. So. Okay, Gates feature. And the other one that I raised earlier was um, about the landscaping on the... Um, could I have a reply as to whether our landscaping condition is strong enough for us to be able to, if we feel it is necessary, to have some sort of shrub or something on those, those, those pieces of green... Um, so that people won't park on them. Councillor Lachlan, you wish to come back? Thank you for letting me come back. I won't sleep tonight if I don't get this out of the way. What's the point of having a gates feature if you haven't got gates? That makes, it's like having a roof if you've got no house. I mean, why? I, I think the officers just want to get the clarification on the wording so that it was seen as a feature, not as a gate. Pillars. Right. Uh, Councillor Hicks, and then I am going to the vote. Thank you, Chairman. Um, would, would the uh, condition preclude the sort of village entrance fence work that we see at the entrance to lots of villages on both sides of the road? Is that n does that not um, provide the feature, if that's all that's required? And... Uh, if, if there are no swinging gates on them, it's, it's not a problem. Those, those are quite common in entrances to our, and, and exits to our villages to delim, delineate where they start and finish, and uh, very accepted by most people. Yes, yes, I think it would prohibit that, Chairman. But there's no reason why the developer could not come back and ask for permission for a sign to say this is Elm Farm. And, and Chairman, can I? Yes, well, that probably wouldn't require consent. Sorry, but can I also confirm that you're um, seeking condition five, which is a, a condition for a, a small, I'm going to call it a state fence, I know, to to uh, alongside the. You can go back to the site plan. The, those two front sets of terraces. Um, 
Just use the arrows. Let's use Alongside the no, next one over, yeah, um, along along that frontage and the next, uh, the frontage facing the main road and the next one along, to create a what I call a, a, a metal estate rail or something along like that, uh, along the main road. What I am concerned about is that the houses, the two blocks of houses here. That, that, block, that line could there could be prone to people parking there. on the grass so there. Um, Councillor Macmillan, you were the uh, proposer of this. A, I think we can do it through the landscaping condition to at least... Um, Chairman, there isn't a landscaping condition. This is the okay. landscaping condition, so it right, has to be an additional, be additional condition requiring um, a detail of a fence along there. And what I'm suggesting is that it's a, as it's an estate area, you could have a, which is a very simple black metal... Yeah. Um, you know, gate fence, a very low fence that's yeah. just um, picking up uh, that, that, that corner. Councillor Mangman. With respect, uh, I think they deal with the problem in Flitch Green just simply by putting a couple of large posts up, wooden posts, about a metre high. That stops people parking on those places. Then could we not word it that either metal or fence or, or, or wooden posts to deter parking is actually what Chairman, we are trying to do? They do the same sort yeah. of thing along Little Walden Road outside the Victory. Yeah. So that is what I am proposing will be, be accepted by the thing. But Councillor Renger, you wish to say something? Yeah, thank you, Chairman. Um, aren't those front gardens of dwellings there where you're considering putting up? Or are you asking... Pardon? Yeah, but they're someone's front garden. They're front gardens, and that's fine. It's just to stop people to actually park on the green. If you go to around some of our estates, you'll find people actually park on the green if it's big enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned we're over-egging the pudding here. Okay. Um, well. Uh, gates feature the, with non-closable non gates is all that we need to add into that condition, okay. and I think the landscaping is perfectly adequate as it is. Well, the committee have the view on that, if that is the feeling of the committee. Madam, Chair Madam Chairman, can I just come in on this? There is no need for gates or pillars or nothing at all. It's not a feature coming to the village. The village starts a mile away before it gets there. There are no entrance gates to Blythwood or any other state in the village. And if you put posts or anything there, it's just going to hamper the sidelines. Then I will uh, withdraw my... Uh um, proposal of condition we will go to the vote on what has been proposed except for the removal of the gates which has been, propo been proposed and seconded for this that's the only addition all those in favour the gates oh, no gates no gates all those in favour please show I think it's you know no no there's anyone Right, those against? Two. Two. And that's it. Okay, that has been passed. Right, the next one on the agenda is UTT 14259, Felstead. And Mrs. Jones, you're going to take us through this.
I apologise, Mrs. Jones is not. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, it is Mrs. Jones next. Sorry, I apologise. relating to a site on the eastern side of Braintree Road of 2.02 hectares. It is outside development limits of Felsted. The application relates to reserve matters following the grant of outline planning for the erection of up to 25 dwellings, related infrastructure, a play area and landscaping, including 40% affordable housing units with all matters reserved except access which was approved subject to section 106 agreement in July 2013. The proposal is for 25 dwellings of which 10 of these being affordable. The density would be 12 dwellings per hectare. The design submitted is similar to the indicative layout submitted at outline stage although the play area has now been recited to the southwestern corner of the site. The access is as approved to the northwestern corner. Landscaping runs along the western boundary and through the centre of the site and to the eastern boundary. The existing shrub and hedge planting to the west of the site is to be removed to accommodate the forward visibility as required by the highways department. New planting will be planted to the east of the site lines. The new planting will compri comprise of prunus allium, which is native wild cherry, a mixed hedging, principally made up of field maple, hawthorn and blackthorn, to the site frontage. The trees to be planted will be 2.75 metres high and they grow to approximately 17 metres. Field maple and alder are to be planted to the rear boundary with a mixed hedge. The three trees subject to, pre, uh, to tree preservation orders will be staying. There is also a condition securing impl implementation of the landscaping scheme. Here are the street views. The top shows the rear of the site. Um, the next is the bottom corner. The third is the site frontage. And the fourth is the site um, across, across the... Um, by the pedestrian link. All of the dwellings meet or exceed the recommended Essex Design Guide garden sizes, the adopted parking standards and lifetime home standards. The housing mix for the site is acceptable with one, two, three, four, five and six bedroom dwellings and there are six visitor parking places. The affordable housing is provided as two clusters. It's here and here. One of the affordable housing units will be delivered as a bungalow. And it's this one here. The next slides show the mix of designs of the properties. And uh, that's the design of the garages with studios above, which are on some of the sites. And that's the garages on the other sites.
The plans have been revived um, and details are listed of the revisions in paragraph 3.4. The design, appearance, landscaping, scale and housing type mix proposed for the development is considered to be acceptable. As such, the proposal is recommended for approval, subject to the conditions of the outline application being met and the requirements secured by the section 106 at outline stage being complied with. Thank you. We have one speaker on this, and that is the agent, Mr. Michael Smith. Thank you, Chair, and good afternoon, councillors. The scheme presented to you this afternoon has been designed in accordance with the parameters set by the Outline Planning Commission and response to the constraints and opportunities identified in the preparation of the proposed scheme. The illustrative layout was submitted as part of the application for Outline Planning Permission. I apologise. <clears throat> the scheme presented to you this afternoon has been designed in accordance with the parameters set by the Outline Planning Permission and responds to the constraints and opportunities identified in preparation of the proposed scheme. Illustrative layout was submitted as part of the application for Outline Planning Permission, but we have taken a slightly different approach in order to create a more attractive scheme. The existing hedge along the eastern side of Braintree Road is hard against the edge of the carriageway and blocks views around the corner when approaching from the north. To improve visibility, the existing hedge will be taken out and replaced by a new hedge set further back from the edge of the road. We think this presents an ideal opportunity to reposition the open space from the southeasterly position on the illustrative scheme and move it onto the edge of Braintree Road, where it can also serve the rest of the village, not be hidden away from the existing homes. It's hoped the new facility will help to integrate the residents of the site into the community that already exists. The open space is overlooked by the new homes to make it safe and secure to use creating the former village green that was already quite familiar to the residents of Felsted. Houses facing the open space are served by private drives, whilst the new access road runs around the eastern side of the site, creating a new and permanent edge to the village, where it meets the countryside. The road splits where it meets the tree-lined ditch that runs through the site, which will be retained in full, with one half connecting back to the footpath and the other half heading into the southern half of the site. The southern half of the site is designed in a more traditional cul-de-sac form, comprising houses clustered around a turning head, and allowing the new house to be positioned back-to-back -back with the existing houses to the south of the site. It also allows us to keep the pond at the very southern point of the site, which will be within the garden of one of the new houses. The proposed scheme contains a wide mix of house types, as we've already heard, one, two, three, four, five, and six bedroom properties, a mixture of detached, semi-detached, and terraced forms, including a one-bedroom bungalow and a one-bedroom house to meet identified needs that have been discovered by your housing team. All of the properties meet the lifetime home standard, as well as meeting, and as we've heard, exceeding in many cases the minimum requirements for garden areas and for car parking. In terms of the appearance of the scheme, it's proposed that traditional building forms will be used, but using modern materials. This ensures a high standard of construction and minimises the requirements for ongoing maintenance, ensuring that the new homes stay crisp and clean in perpetuity. A restricted range of facing bricks, roof tiles, render, boarding and paving is proposed, with common details for elements such as doors, windows and boundary treatments. The Section 106 agreement attached to the outline plan permission secures a provision of 40% affordable housing, as well as providing funding for primary and secondary education and guaranteeing the provision of the play area. Conditions attached to the outline plan permission also address issues such as archaeology, biodiversity, surface water drainage and street lighting, and some details have already been submitted for approval. To conclude, the proposal before you follows the standards and principles established by the outline plan permission and the development control policies. It's been designed so that new area of open space connects the scheme to the village, and creates a high-quality environment that will both reflect and enhance the existing character of Watch House Green. As such, I urge the committee to follow the officer's recommendation and to approve the scheme.
Thank you. Um, Councillor Mackman. Thank you, Chair. Uh, whilst not wishing to uh, start a debate on this, I'd like to propose that we accept the FEU proposal as it is. Do I have a seconder for that? Councillor Eden, thank you. Councillor Eastham, you wish to speak? Mr Chairman, a simple question. <coughs> if the developer, developer is going to put in a hedge, why has he got to rip one out to start with? I think he... Have I missed something there? Yes, he, he, yes, you did miss something because it was to be moved back because of the, the, uh, the, 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 the highways insist that it goes back a bit, correct? It's, it's for the sight lines. You can actually see it on this plan. Um, the left hand, the lighter side, that's the visibility from the access way. And then the darker is, is you can see the light green line, which is the new hedge with the trees pruners planted along that line. And then the dark green is sort of inside the new boundary to create sufficient visibility on the outside of that, because you can see it's on a, on a bend. So that, that's, that's the reasoning behind it. Could I be used on this piece here? Will it be grass or, um, or it's not extra road, is it grass? The, 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 no, the light a bit. The light bit here. We're moving the hedge back. So what is going to happen to that point? If it's a site display, Chairman, then it won't have any building on it, will it? Any hedges? Councillor Lachlan, would you like to ask a question first of all? Sorry. Uh, the Parish Council have asked, and I can't see it in the conditions, that a temporary fence be put up for the safety of children in case they run onto the busy road. Is it, is it possible that that could happen because, um, like they say, hedges will take some time to grow? And it is fairly near to a, um, a green open space there. We were asked where the hedge is growing. How big is the hedge that's going to be put in to begin with or is there some temporary fencing going to be put there so that uh, safety is paramount? We're just going to find out if they're doing that. There is a fence shown around the lap itself, so if they're playing within that, the, the local area of play, um, then that, that's, that's a secure area. Now, I would have thought that as part of Condition 6, some sort of temporary fence would be provided to stop people running into the hedge that's just been planted to give that some I mean obviously there is a public there's a footpath so there's going to be an open bit so you can never going to secure it so there's this tension isn't there between there's a fence there there's a, a footpath there so people will be able to get from the development onto the road because that's 
uh, important because that's important to have that, that connection. So it's never going to be completely secure because it's not supposed to be. But when they're playing within the play area, there's, there's a, a fence around that, and I'm sure there'll be some sort of, and we can make sure that happens as part of a, a new formative picking up on condition six, that as part of the hedge that's gone in, there'll be some sort of temporary, you know, it will be a temporary fence that helps to ensure that they're not trampled all over as they're growing. I mean, that's quite common anyway. But. Well, it's just that the parish councils seem to have concerns, and I think we ought to, to listen to them. We can put an informative on that to the developer. Okay. Anybody else wish to make any comments on this? Right, it has been um, proposed and seconded for approval with the informative. All those in favour, please show. Okay. Thank you. Right, the next one on our list is um, UTT 142655, which is Hannam, and Lee Smith Evans is going to take us through this. Thank you, Chair. Um, members, uh, this application is returning to you as it was deferred at the last committee for a, um, a series of amendments. And just going to get this right. Okay, if I can just explain to you the amendments which would and may relate directly to the reasons why it was deferred last time. Um, the, the first amendment, this is the previous scheme, which had the affordable housing all clustered at this eastern end of the site with uh, an entrance there uh, specifically for that, that tenure. There were also issues of overlooking um, in this location and in this location down here on the, the southwest boundary of the site. Uh, there were other issues relating to uh, the protection of, of this tree line and plot night Plot 19 was um, a wheelchair compliant, was meant to be a wheelchair compliant house and there were also issues of um, secure cycle parking not provided everywhere. Subsequently, this is the amended layout um, and these two plots up here in the northeast corner of the site have now, uh, the tenure has been changed, they are private mar market housing. This leaves these four units across here these two units here and these two units here are now the affordable collection or the affordable 40% of the housing on the site, um, which is now more centralised. Uh, there, there, there isn't a tenure-specific entrance on the site anymore. O overlooking in, into this garden has been greatly reduced by uh, placing these... Um, Apartments here. These are these are these are two flats. Um, they don't have uh, habitable rooms on the front. The distance has been greatly increased by putting the parking in front of them. 
the overlooking over here has been addressed with the inclusion of a tree and uh, these two houses have been set back further as well. There are also uh, additional chimneys including on, in, included, um, so the distribution of ch chimneys is, is less tenure specific than it was previously. Um, how well can you see those? Uh, these are the new street scenes, which, given the amendments to the layout, are um, a, an actual improvement. The layout is, is a visually is, is an improved layout. Um, I'll just run through those for you. Um, there you see uh, more clearly the, the, the tenure distribution. So although they're still grouped, which uh, we require as a matter of policy, they are now um, not all served off a different access um, and it's m a much more inclusive design. Uh, and they are the amendments that have been proposed. Oh, okay, yep, sorry, I should, I should also talk about that. The, the, the drains issue and uh, the previous uh, proposal, which was to cut a drainage channel, a French drain through the root protection of these trees, that, that's also been removed and we are now satisfied that uh, the trees on the site will not be harmed by the development. Thank you. We have someone who wishes to speak on this one and this is the agent Andy Butcher. Good afternoon members, um, I'm here again, uh, Andy Butcher, I'm a planning consultant with Stratton Parker with the agents acting on behalf of Chris Nicholson. Uh, you may recall that I appeared at the committee on the 12th of November to make a statement on this application. As your officers have pointed out in their presentation, the application had a recommendation of refusal to that meeting and this certainly had support from the committee. In the light of a request that we made to the chairman and advice from your officers, the committee were able to agree to defer the application in order to give us some more time to resolve the issues that were raised by uh, councillors. Uh, several members at the meeting remarked that my client should take on board the concerns and reservations that they had expressed in the debate on the application. So since that meeting, we've gone away with the recommendations of the committee fully in mind. We've met with your officers, worked very quickly and closely with them to make the changes to the application that uh, were previously presented to you. Your officers have listed out those changes in their presentation and particularly in their report, but I would just like to reiterate that the house types have been rearranged across the site to place affordable units centrally. There is no tenure specific entrances within the development. Chimneys have been added to the affordable units to ensure that it uh, appears tenure blind. Uh, we've ensured that the development is fully accessible with the provision of a wheelchair compliant house. Cycle parking is provided for all homes. The layout has also been rearranged to address the concerns of overlooking uh, referred to by your officer. We provided further information on trees to ensure that they're retained in the development and particularly address the drainage issue. And finally, we've improved the streetscape throughout the development. Importantly, we've also made progress with the requirements for the planning obligations and we're confident that this will be completed in accordance with the Council's requirements and expectations. So we do hope that these changes have addressed the concerns that you raised at your last meeting. And in conclusion, my clients are clearly seeking to bring forward a high quality development on a site. 
that not only addresses the Council's housing supply, but will provide much-needed affordable housing. Critically, we're providing a significant contribution towards the construction of a new play area for Henham. The development now complies with your policies in our view, and we've carried out local engagement, and the scheme has attracted little opposition. Critically and importantly, the scheme does enjoy the full support of the Parish Council. Chair, members of the committee are grateful for the opportunity that you gave us to be able to amend our plans, and we do trust that the committee will now be able to support the officer's recommendations and grant planning permission for this development. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm delighted. I'm sure now this will be a very nice place to live and I'll be very happy to recommend approval but I would just like to ask why weren't these things sorted out before it came to committee because it was obviously a bad proposal and the whole committee actually thought that and I don't understand why it came to us uh, and it didn't agree with any policies of the council why did it come here why, did, why wasn't the, it sorted out so we could have approved it and we wouldn't be here now talking about it uh, was that a proposal for... for I'm approving. I am right. a recommended I approval. Yes, I sorry. That Mr. was Brown just an addendum. Mr. Brown. I absolutely thoroughly agree with you, Councillor Lachlan, on that particular issue. Um, <laughs> unfortunately... Unfortunately, it's not. Unfortunately, it took it to come to this committee for, for, for the agents to take us seriously, to put it bluntly. And, uh, and I'm sorry that it was a waste of committee time because I agree this could have been sorted out quite easily beforehand and we were trying as officer level. Good. Thank you for that clarification. I'm grateful for that. Thank you. Right. Councillor Mackman, you seconded. Did you wish to speak at this particular moment or later? Uh, yes, thank you. Very briefly. Uh, I was, I was um, going to say that uh, this is an example of the planning committee at its best because we had the opportunity to do something that's best for the community, the local community and for the developers. Uh, I take the point that's just been made to us that uh, it took that for the developers to take the officers seriously but uh, very happy to go forward with this. Thank you Madam Chairman. The agent said that the RPAs will be respected and no damage would be created to the roots of the trees. However, um, recommendation is for refusal because the developer has failed to demonstrate that the layout can accommodate... The You've got the, that was last time's report. You need to look at the first report. You need to look on page 38 and 39, um, the, the report referred to you for right. this meeting. Got it, yes. <laughs> right. Okay, so that is... The problems have been resolved, I think, yep. if it's fair to say. Okay? <laughs> have to read your papers carefully, Councillor Easton. Uh, Councillor Menel, I believe you wish to make one. Uh, sorry, I think we're just all singing from the same hymn, hymn sheet. It's really comforting to know that our ideas are not so daft sometimes. And I'd like to thank, thank the officers for working on that. It has been proposed and second. Oh, Councillor Count, you can we just verify that, that that entrance, which is Gates now, will, will be re-landscaped and closed off? Or we'll still be there, but the only house that will go through it is that one. You'll still have two entrance points because of the pinch point of the site, but it's just that it, um, the tenure is mixed between the, the two areas now. Um, but did you say you wanted Gates on this one? Okay. <laughs> 
it was where there are gates at the moment. Right, it has been proposed and seconded for approval. All those in favour, please show. I think it's unanimous. That's fine. Right, the next item on the agenda is UTT 142387. Takeley and Mrs. Jones, you're going to take us through this. Firstly, I'd like to draw your attention to two mistakes in the report. Paragraph 3.1 should read two two bedrooms rather than four. And paragraph 12, section 3, should read the 17th of December, not the 10th of December. This application relates to a vacant site of 0.4 hectares located to the north of Dunmo Road to the west of Takeley outside development limits within the countryside protection zone. To the west is an access road serving Takeley Trinity Church. To the east are residential dwellings. This slide shows an aerial view of the site. There is landscape screening to the north, south and eastern boundaries. To the north of the site is open countryside. On the opposite side of the road is open countryside. There are two sites which have recently been granted planning permission for 41 dwellings and 100 dwellings. This shows the frontage looking east. Uh, this photograph shows the frontage of the site when viewed from, sorry, uh, to the east. This shows the frontage of the site when viewed from within the site. And this is the rear boundary. And this is the eastern boundary. And that's the bungalow to the east. And this slide shows the view on the opposite side of the road where the newly approved dwellings are to be built. The proposal is for 10 dwellings in the form of two two-bedroom, four three-bedroom and four four-bedroom dwellings. Two of the dwellings would be provided as affordable housing. A new vehicle access would be created from Dunmo Road and adjustment to the existing bus stop would be made. All gardens would meet Essex Design Guide recommendations and each dwelling would have off-road parking spaces to adopted standards and there'd be free visitor spaces provided. The density would be 25 dwellings per hectare. Although four objections have been received as detailed in my report, the site is considered to be acceptable in light of the site's reasonably sustainable location and the limited impact the proposal would have on the surrounding countryside by way of the proposed retention and additional landscaping. The proposed design and layout is considered to be acceptable and the application provides an acceptable mix of dwellings on the site. The proposal would not result in any material detrimental impact on neighbours' amenity. Here are some elevations of the proposed dwellings and street scene.
Since the report has been published on Friday the 28th of November, the Government updated the planning practice guidance. This alters the guidance as to when affordable housing and other tariff-based contributions can be requested. As the site is in a designated rural area, it advises that affordable housing and tariff-style contributions should be sought from developers of between six, developments of between 6 and 10 units in the form of cash payments, which are commuted until after completion of units within the development. The applicant has agreed to enter Section 106 in this respect. The proposal is recommended for conditional approval subject to Section 106 for financial contributions in respect of affordable housing, not provision as stated in my report, education contributions, provision on ongoing maintenance of landscaping and adjustments to the existing bus stop and subject to the conditions listed which include landscaping requirements and impl implementation. Thank you. Before I go to the speakers who wish to talk to this, I Maybe I need to declare a non-pecuniary interest because I am a member of Holy Trinity Church, Tately. I'm actually on their electoral roll, so uh, whether it's... It's a non-pecuniary, it's just so it's on, the, uh, it's on the books. Right, now lots of people wish to speak about this. First of all, we have an objector, Mr. Jeff Vineyard. Thank you. My understanding is that every planning application must be considered in accordance with the current development plan or the existing local plan unless there are other compelling factors to be considered. This small paddock is situated within the countryside protection zone and was considered as part of TAK 6 of the Strategic House Land Assessment and rejected. Officers at the time considered the proposal not suitable and their recommendation was accepted by the full council when approving the current plan for submission. The applicant, although acknowledging this paddock is outside the existing limits, has continued to emphasise it will help with the windfall allowance. Windfall development should be within existing limits, otherwise there is no purpose to having any limits. Logically, windfall development can take place outside the boundaries any application for planning must be regarded for, recommended for approval until such time as the windfall target has been reached. The applicant then lists the social provisions of how the small development will help or even enhance the, lo the local community. They omit to mention the village school, which even with the plan reopening the old school will be at capacity in the next year. Um, the carefully worded letter from Essex Economic Growth Department dated the 4th of September clearly states in paragraph 2 that Takeley and Campbell schools are full. Paragraph 3 continues and, and states that even with the reopening of the old Takeley school, there will be a deficit of, of places after only one year. Um, the, the facts are more shocking. This school has recently been placed in special measures and the entire Board of Governors resigned together with the head teacher. We hope this is a temporary measure, but we must be aware that past and future developments have or will play a part in this current predicament, and I believe it's unthinkable that housing provision takes precedence over the education of our children. Each year, I and my family receive at least three official visits from a policeman from the aviation security team. He arrives in a marked police car in full uniform, and each time he reminds us 
of our need to be vigilant and advise the team immediately if we see anything suspicious. Um, I can't believe these official visits are without good reason. Access to this site has been criticised in the past and amended, but still requires further comment. We have been regularly advised by the authorities that road safety cameras are only installed where they are urgently needed because of past accidents or current serious road safety issues. The camera here is sighted only 50 feet from the proposed site entrance. In 2001, when the site was sold to the applicant, access was granted only for maintenance purposes, and there is a letter on file that suggests that three or four times access a year would be required. I would also confirm that there is no access ever been constructed and the paddock remains landlocked. I ask the committee to consider these comments before making any decision. Thank you. Thank you. Or the parish council, and I believe Councillor Pratt is going to speak today. That's better. Um, in our opinion, the officer's conclusions are flawed. Um, the following is a summary of the main reasons for the recommendation. Sustainable location, limited impact uh, the proposal will have on the surrounding countryside, um, access to the site is acceptable. Uh, presence of protected species does not present any overriding constraints. The proposed development would not adversely affect the ecological interests of the site. The Parish Council refuses the officer's recommendations and asks the committee to, uh, to consider the following. The site is not sustainable, as it has already been there, is a desperate um, lack of infrastructure to provide for growing population. Takeley cannot sustain further housing development. There is no health care provision and the primary school, whilst extended to 420 places, is already oversubscribed with a further 374 dwellings already approved and in the pipeline. The situation regarding primary school provision has become untenable. Even the proposal to reopen the Roseacre school site in 2015 as a single, a single form entry primary school will not accommodate the demand for school places within the community. The representation from Essex County Council states that by 2017 the primary school places will show a shortage of 107 and for that reason Essex County Council have requested that if the committee is minded to refuse the application they should include lack of primary school places as one of their reasons. As per NPPF paragraph 7.2 promoting healthy communities states the need to ensure school places are available to meet the needs of existing and new communities and that planning policies and decisions should enhance the sustainability of communities. Access to the site in isolation may appear to be acceptable. However, there is already a development at Brewer's End and the further tranche of development will begin shortly opposite the Cooks Hill site. So access to and from the 1256 is a problem. Access to and from the site is intended to cross the existing bus stop and lay-by. Given the location of the lay-by at the brow of Cooks Hill and opposite the entrance to two new developments, 41 houses and a further 100, 
TPC advises that the proposal will not pro provide safe access while retaining the essential bus stop policy GEN1. If allowed, the proposal will impact neighbouring properties and their amenity. If protected species are of paramount importance, as development is already underway and the loss of habitat has already been substantial, any further erosion would be totally unacceptable. The proximity of the development to existing listing buildings damages the aesthetic nature of the open countryside. Affordable housing provision has been secured from the two sites at Brewer's End in Cooks Hill. In addition, the site is outside development limits, policy S7, with the CPZ policy S8. Policy S7 in the countryside will be protected for its own sake. Planning permission will only be given for development that needs to take place there will be strict controls on new building. Policy SA, new buildings will promote coalition between the, the, between the airport and existing development in the surrounding countryside and would adversely affect the open characterisation of the zone. The NPPF states that permission should be given where a five-year housing supply cannot be demonstrated. In this case, we have already have a five-year housing supply and more. I have grave concerns around the motives for the planning department and would urge the planning committee to refuse this speculative development on the grounds outlined above. Thank you. Thank you. And now the agent, Stuart Wilshire. Um, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Stuart Wilshire and I act as the planning agent for Taylor Wimpy. UK in respect to these proposals. As the site has been recommended for approval, I will try to be brief and provide members with a summary of the proposal and the studies that have been undertaken to date to reach its position. Whilst the site lies outside the settlement boundary, members will be aware of permission being granted under two separate applications in 2013 for a total of 141 dwellings to the south of the site which are also accessed from Dunmo Road. The application engaged in positive pre-applications discussions with officers where feedback was supportive. Officers confirmed that despite the site lying outside the development limits, the proposal was considered to be acceptable as the site relates well to taking on wider settlements. Um, a transport statement accompanied the application which confirmed that the site is located to close uh, located close to local amenities and schools which would encourage sustainable travel by foot or cycle. It also confirms that the site is served by nine local bus services running to surrounding settlements on a regular daily basis. The statement also confirms that the proposed road into the site has been designed to facilitate safe vehicular movements and accords with the Essex Design Guide. It also confirms that the impacts of the development on Dumbo Road and the local highway network will be relatively low, with the predicted traffic generation being low, and that it will not have an adverse impact upon existing traffic flow. In respect of ecology, um, ecolog ecological surveys sorry, were submitted with the application, which confirms that the site is of a poor suitability for reptile, newt and bat habitats. A specific survey for Dormouse was recommended and carried out throughout the year and no Dormouse were found. 
Notwithstanding, yes, the design of the proposed development has taken care to ensure that any potential habitats are protected. The majority of the existing hedgerow and trees will be retained as shown on the plan on the screen, with additional hedgerows and vegetation being provided to enhance the vegetation of the site. This helps the proposed development to respond well to the countryside, as well as screening much of the development from Dummer Road and nearby properties. 45% of the site will be provided as private open space or natural green space, which ensures that the proposed development responds to the siding landscape and countryside. Finally, the proposed development responds to the local character and architecture of the siding area, with the required size of private amenity space provided for each property. Furthermore, the proposed developments will not result in any overlooking of either the proposed dwellings or adjacent dwellings on Dunmo Road. And if I could just touch quickly on education as it was raised by both objectors, um, paragraph 8.2 confirms that the um, Essex County Council actually recommended that permission be granted subject to the Section 106 agreement, which we're happy to enter into. Um, in conclusion, we welcome the officer's recommendation and we hope that members are now able to approve the application. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Um, right. Um, yes, could I just clarify, education have not raised any objections, they've just asked for money. Is that correct? That's correct. That is correct. Okay, and the other thing was, as I understand it, the... The bus shelter starts further in from the... There is no loss on the bus... The bus lay-by, I'm sorry, not the bus shelter, the bus lay-by. Could you just show us that, that... I just want to get clarification. Um, where the red circle is, that's the alterations that will be made to the existing bus stop. It's, it's just the, the, the curbstones that will be changed. There. The actual bus stop will remain in its the bus lane by where it is now. Okay, fine, thank you. Um, Councillor Mackman. Thank you. Uh, in the first place, I'd remark that uh, if we had a housing supply of, for argument's sake, 3.2 years, there'd be a strong argument for accepting this. But we don't. We have a supply in excess of six years. I therefore propose that we refuse this application on the grounds that it conflicts with policies S7, S8, and I believe it's in conflict with policy Gen 6, although obviously the officers might advise differently on that. Uh, before I go any further, I need a seconder for that. Do I have one? All right, Councillor Perry has seconded it. Could I ask you to mm. respond with regard to the the housing, the five-year housing supply, and thank you, Mr. Taylor. Um, <coughs> yes, Chairman. Of course, um, the Councillor Matman mentioned six point something four from memory, um, but that is based on a figure of 523 per year. Um, members will be aware that the inspector, um, the local plan examination. Um, stated he thought it should be 580 as a minimum per year. Um, as a result, we haven't completed doing all the, the assessment yet, but on the assumption that we're a 5% authority, that would mean we had a 5.4 um, at the moment and about a five years from April. 
just on five years. Um, we need to do a bit more work um, regarding the 5 and 20% element. So point, basically point what you're chairman. saying is, wait a minute, just, just basically, let, let, just get it in words of one syllable, basically you're saying we have a five-year land supply at the moment. Yes, based on a 5% um, draw forward from future. Yeah. Yes, um, we can't accept any enhancement of the figure 523. We have to go with what we've got. 523. Can't accept anything above that. The inspector has uh, not accepted that the plan is sound. So, Mr Taylor, could you explain it again, please? Um, I, I accept that we are in a position where it's not clear what the number is, but it's been quite clearly set out by the inspector that 523 is too low. So the best figure to work for in relation to our five-year land supply is 580, which is the figure he quoted as a minimum. We'll obviously review that again um, when we get his letter before Christmas, and um, it will be reviewed again when we get the strategic housing market assessment later on next year. But for the moment, we certainly cannot continue to use 523, and we need to go back to the 2011 onwards where we've been using 523 and to reassess whether we met or we didn't meet 580 on each of the last three years. So we do need to have a look at that in, in more detail. But we certainly cannot use 523. But even on 580, we have a five-year land supply at the moment, correct? Based on a 5%, yes. Okay. Right, the next person is Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, it's outside development limits for a start. I can't see that this has any benefits to the local community. In fact, I think it could harm the local community. We're told, I know Essex aren't objecting, but the, the schools fall, and we are being told that they will be, in part of the 106, will be getting 43,616 towards education. Uh, there's not enough to build an extension to the school or uh, early years learning, so I'm not quite sure uh, what that would be used for. So perhaps somebody could enlighten me on that. Um, that's assuming that, I mean, I don't know where, if these people have children, where they're going to go to school. It's uh, because most of the uh, schools in the area are suffering from the same problem. So uh, if somebody could tell me the benefits to Takeley, uh, I'd be happy to go along with it. I, it's not in the local plan. It wouldn't have been in the local, I hesitate to say that. <laughs> It, it's not in the local plan that may have been. I'll say it that way. So, um, uh, no, I just I can't vote for this. I'm sorry. I can't see any reason why I should, quite honestly. Councillor Kant. Thank you. Um, uh, I disagree, unfortunately. I think in terms of sustainability, uh, in employment terms, this is near to one of the major central employment hubs. In terms of transport sustainability, it's um, the hourly bus which um, links to the airport and um, to Colchester, to Braintree, to uh, exchange in Dunmo perhaps for Chelmsford, actually goes just a few hundred yards down the road. Um, it, uh, you know, I, we have to put these houses somewhere. This is Obviously, 
too large for an infill plot, but in fact we have been using exactly along the Takeley Road um, exactly plots like this. I don't see any difference really between this plot and between plots just half a mile down the road. Um, it's up to the education authority and it does seem to me that the education authority needs to set up and needs to be planning for another primary school, a proper primary school in, in Takeley. To open the old one is okay perhaps as a short interim measure but it, it does need in Takeley proper another proper primary school. Um, they've taken enough contributions from the various things that we've done, I think, to, to start providing proper facilities in Uttlesford. Um, I, you know, I, I regret that we're not getting 20% um, affordable housing on here. The, you know, the pittance we get, it takes a lot of those to actually provide us with a council house somewhere um, else. Um, but um, I, I would propose to support this proposal unfortunately. I think it's just such developments which can be built quickly which will actually stop us having uh, a deficit in April again at the beginning of May when the new year starts and we actually don't have a housing supply and I also disagree with Councillor Eastham uh, and I think when the inspector says he thinks a minimum of 580, 580 is not the figure he is expecting us to come up with. It's probably conceivably larger. And so I suspect that we probably only just about on the verge of having a five-year housing supply now uh, with all the dreadful implications that brings for what we've been through for the last two years. Um, and so I, I can't support the recommendation for refusal, I'm afraid. It's not two years, it's seven years. Could I ask a couple of questions before I bring in the next, uh, next councillor? Um, with regard to the hedges, um, we all know that sometimes this committee gives permission and then suddenly, within two weeks, all the hedges are grubbed up. How can we really protect these hedges? There are hedges on the back, there are hedges in the front, and there are some trees on the side. Um, are our conditions uh, strong enough that these will not be grubbed out as they often um, before, a, um, before a, a developer starts, he goes and grubs them out. Um, so that was one, um, one question I had. And can I just see, uh, I've saw, seeking clarity, the, the, the lay-by will stay as it is. The speed camera, which some people in Tokyo would love to see, go, um, <laughs> uh, I presume that is being conditioned to be moved. It isn't. It's well, it's a bit sort of, it's right there. It is, it is very near the, um, the entrance to this. I wouldn't have thought good management. You get the pole in the way as you're coming out. Um, with regards to the landscaping, we've got condition three and four. Um, and we've also got um, a recommendation for the section 106 to include secure the following, which says provision and ongoing maintenance of landscaping. The, with regards to the speed camera, um, that is part of this application. 
Uh, Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. I think Councillor Kent eloquently summed up the real issues involved here. People cannot extract bits from what authorities say just to suit their own convenience. Um, if you listen to what Essex Education consistently say, there is a guarantee only that they will provide a space for a child. There is no guarantee that that space is going to be within walking distance of your house. Um, I can't see how a school in special measures is related to house building. I just can't get a connection there. Where was the money going that we is collecting? It's going into a pot that will eventually provide additional school spaces. That's the idea of it. It's not 32,000 or 11,000 in isolation. <coughs> Excuse me. It's part of a pot. And again, uh, Councillor Kent makes the point about the uh, April situation where 580 is maybe a low figure and we need to underpin our five-year land supply because what's on the horizon if we don't doesn't bear any um, contemplation, really, if you want to sleep. Um, in respect of the speed, speed uh, 30 mile an hour zone, I would have thought that that could be a good case for bringing it down further to the west so that it includes this site and the sites opposite and that's where we've got to show consistency we've got sites being built opposite so how different is this one to those I will not be uh, supporting the proposal for refusal Councillor Hicks Thank you Chairman <coughs> I'd uh, like to add my support to uh, the sentiments expressed by Councillor Kant I, I feel that it is a suitable place and sustainable place for development uh, with uh, permissions already granted for 41 houses and 100 houses immediately on the other side of the road. Um, I, I, I cannot see that there are uh, any uh, objections to this site which didn't perhaps apply to those sites which have already been granted permission. It, it seems to me that uh, it's um, uh, it fits into the general pattern of development which has been taking place in that area and as such should be um, um, approved rather than refused. So I, I should be voting against the refusal. Councillor Easton. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Can, so, some talk was made during the objections uh, about a, um, a listed building in the proximity uh, that this would have a detrimental effect. Could we see that listed building? Right. The church is way down here, and, and it's, it's this here. Okay. Um, so it's not next to the site, then? No. no. Thank you. Thank you. Um, just a quick question. Well, perhaps it's because of the, all these developments, uh, and we haven't thought them through properly, that the school places are full. Perhaps we should have taken more notice when we gave permission. But um, is it, I just want to know, is it um, correct, and I think Councillor Ranger said this, any money goes into a pot, 106 monies for education, doesn't necessarily go to benefit Takeley, is that right? Just, I just ask him because something, I, I thought I'd heard that somewhere as well. No, that, that's not correct. It, does, it is used within the local area. So for argument's sake, it might not be taken, it might be the other way. 
um, L's numeral standard. So it would be within that vicinity. Oh, normally. so, so the, uh, it doesn't go to benefit taking necessarily. It, it could it's, be L's it's, well, it's, it's, it's you. It, the money is, is used by Sussex County Council to provide the additional schooling. So it might be that, yes, it's within Takeley. We, we can't say at the moment. Um, it might be within any of the other um, villages in the surrounding area, which would be within um, commutable distance of the, of the school. That's, that's a decision for Sussex County Council. So what we get... Right. So, well, sorry, I think you've answered it. So it isn't necessarily in Takeley. That's all I was asking. No, it's in the vicinity of the site. It's that's in the, the vicinity yeah. of Takeley, but not necessarily in Takeley. No, there's, then there's no planning reason why it needs to be. In this. I, can, I, I can add that as the local member, that the monies that are in that pot will be going to help refurbish the old school site, which comes online in 2015, and that is where, as I understand it, the money comes from, so that they can reopen the Roseacres site. So it does come back in, in, the, in that. Um, right. We have a proposal on the table for refusal, which was um, proposed by Councillor Mackman and seconded by Councillor Perry. I cannot see anybody else who wishes to speak about, on this matter at the moment, so I will go to the vote. All those in favour of refusal, with do you wish the, the two reasons given? Well, that if members are mindful to refuse it, then they would need to include the other refusal reason which the county suggests. Because um, although the county aren't recommending refusal, um, if you are refusing it, then you need to include that you need to lose the lack of provision of um, uh, education and I would also say affordable housing as well as a refusal reason if you're going to refuse it. Do you all understand that? Okay. I would go to the vote. All those in favour of refusal, please show. One, two, three, four. Those against? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And I abstained on this one. Sorry? But can we do that again? It should be nine. Again. No, I beg your pardon. Could you do that again? Those against, please show. One, two, three, four. No, wait a minute. Against, Against refusal. refusal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, would you like to start again? It has been recommended for refusal. All those in favour of refusal, please show. One, two, three, four. Those against, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And one abstention. One I abstention. have abstained. That has been lost. Therefore, I need a recommendation. Uh, Chairman, I'd like to propose that we accept the officer's recommendation for approval subject to the conditions as stated under section 106. Right. Uh, do I have a seconder for seconded, that? Seconded, Chairman. Right. That has been seconded. Does anybody wish to speak to this? Then I will go straight to the vote. All those in favour of approval, please show. One, two, three, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Those against? One, two, three, four. And there's abstention from one against. Right. It has been passed. Okay, the next one on the list is UTT. 
You can all see me all right, can you, if I sit here? Don't require me to move, move chairs. Mr Lee Evans, if you would carry on. Thank you very much. Hello again. This is uh, an application for a, a solar farm. It's uh, 10.9 hectares of land, obviously shown in red. Here you have um, the settlement of Great Dunmo. Here you have the, the settlement of Stebbing. And from the, uh, the old A120, you can then go through Brookend and the site access will be taken at this point where the cursor is, uh, up the farm lane to here where the track stops and then access is across the fields. Um, here's a little closer here is exactly where I was talking about where the lane stops. This is a public footpath which runs all the way across this, these fields and briefly touches the site just here in, in the corner um, which is there. So that footpath on this aerial photograph <coughs> runs across here up to this boundary and along. The site will obviously be f f filled with uh, the array of the solar panels. <coughs> um, this central woodland is to be retained. Uh, the site is, is currently virtually fully enclosed. Excuse me, I'll try and use my right hand is currently virtually fully enclosed by hedging all the way around. There are a couple of gaps. There's a small gap on this corner and there are a couple of gaps just here and just here where it is proposed that, that new hedging replaces the hedging that exists. The, the panels are shown here at 2.1 uh, metres high. Uh, with a clearance of 800 millimetres below them. These are um, photographs of the, the cabinets and the, uh, and the typical associated buildings that will go on the site. Um, these uh, down here at the bottom of, of, of the screen are the CCTV cameras, which are now mounted on uh, wooden poles, uh, which face into the site. Uh, there is a deer fence erected all the way around the perimeter of the site inside uh, that the hedge planting. Now I'd just like to take you through um, a series of views taken from locations which are demonstrated down here in the bottom left-hand corner of the site. So this is at the point where the footpath meets the corner of, the, of this um, eastern field. Um, so initially... At the moment, here, here is the field at the top. You can see from that photograph the extent of uh, the hedging that comes all the way around it. This is a photograph of the installation within there, um, 
a, a photo montage of that installation and the deer fence that will be erected um, when the corner has been um, filled in and, and the hedgerow is established uh, that, that is the view proposed there are then a series of views here that, that take you from um, the viewpoint shown in the bottom left hand corner of the screen so this is a view from, from the footpath where it crosses uh, the access path um, and shows you a view into the site it is possible just here to get a glimpse of the scheme and again this is uh, an area where proposed hedging will replace uh, will be uh, f filling in the gaps and there the same view with the proposed hedging at year one and at year five views from from the east where you're getting over towards um, Gusset's water tower show uh, a, a minimal if a minimal impact you can see the footpath coming up through the site um, and I'll just I'll, I'll flick through these very quickly here another location from from the footpath and again you see the red arrow the, the red lines on the top of the screen now are showing you uh, the, the location of the array and its invisibility again this is one from the road from um, Church End to Stebbing so we're over in the northwest, and again a view um, showing you this red line across the top is where, you'll, where, where the array is placed similarly again fr from the east from Stebbing and again the topography and the uh, enclosure around the site um, denies you a view of, of the array again we're on the old A120 here um, at the top of the hill um, before, before you go down in, into Dunmo and the red line again in indicates w where the two fields are and again very well screened very uh, very well tucked away move on again it's um, further down the A120 the old A120 and completely invisible in this picture similar situation taken in, in this picture which is um, from Watch House Green and we move through the series uh, church, church End again you can see here where the solar array is, is indicated in the landscape once again that is Lashy Hall to the west of Duck End and we are now considerable distance from the site and as you can see landscaping and topography concealing the arrays completely viewpoint 15 is um, west of Bardfield sailing so again a, a tiny little line indicating that it's a very long way away this is a view back from from the array back towards Tooley's farm um, 
just here you can see uh, the barn so this is actually taken from what will be a gap in the hedge here you can see the screening and the existing landscape um, and I believe that's the last slide and in all honesty I think that's just a view back into the site from where that was taken but you can see from this the mature trees and the quite tall hedging around the site which um, conceals the solar array Thank you. Uh, fine, thank you very much, Mr. Smith Evans. Uh, now we do have three speakers, and first of all, an objector, Mr. Alex Finney. Do we have a Mr. Alex Finney? No, Mr. Alex Finney. In that case, we move on to our second speaker, a supporter, uh, Mr. Kirby. Good afternoon, Chairman and Councillors. Uh, my name is Rupert Kirby, and I'm speaking as one of the partners in JF Kirby & Son, which is a, a farm partnership that's farmed in Little Dunmo for over 50 years. And we've owned Tooley's Farm, where the solar panels will be for, or proposed to be for 17 years. Fr from our perspective, uh, we believe the introduction of a relatively small-scale solar farm represents an attractive medium-term diversification opportunity which will provide a secure income stream for 25 to 30 years. The stability of income is particularly attractive as commodity prices have become very volatile in recent years due to more extreme weather events, exchange rate movements, speculators gambling on commodity prices as well as the global economy. Um, the proposed location is as discreet as it could possibly be, with views only from part of a public footpath, which is relatively little used. In relation to the temporary loss of land for growing cereals, these fields provide predominantly grade 3 land, and the larger field is actually called Hell Field, which is the name given to it on historic maps due to its poor quality. Additionally, the fields will be used to stock sheep, and they can easily revert to crop production at the end of the lease. We note the representations from owners of the houses at Tooley's Farm in relation to the shared access road. Although we believe the use and maintenance of this road is a private matter, we would like to make a few comments in relation to its use for the construction of the scheme. The access road that runs west from Brookend has been used as a farm access for several hundred years. The farmhouse and buildings were redeveloped and converted into four houses by a developer over the past 15 years, but we retain unlimited rights of way and access for any use. The road is now well tended by the residents, so it looks quite domestic in appearance, but tractors and trailers and other farm traffic continues to use it. Additionally, there are also around 50 40 or 44 tonne HGV lorries collecting grain or delivering agricultural supplies each year, all of which access the farm via Brookend. There's also a builder's office and yard which receives numerous deliveries, so the access road is a well-used commercial and domestic access road. Understandably, the residents had some questions about the scheme and the construction phase, and I met them one evening with representatives with light, from LightSource, the, the promoter. The traffic management plan was subsequently amended so that deliveries will now avoid the peak domestic movements, lorry wheel washing will be carried out in the farmyard, and LightSource is committed to repairing any damage to the access road as well as resurfacing the splay at its junction with Brookend, which is in poor condition at the present anyway. I therefore think we have accommodated the residents' concerns as best we can on the practical issues. It's also important to note that the amount of construction traffic will be largely offset 
by a reduction in agricultural-related HGV and tractor movements over the life of the solar farm. Overall, I would therefore ask you to support the officer's recommendation for a project that supports the government's environmental agenda as well as provides investment into the rural economy. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr Kirby. And uh, finally, we have the applicant, Colin Ryan. Thank you, Chair. Good evening, members. My name is Colm Ryan, and I am speaking on behalf of Light Source Renewable Energy, who intend to build and operate the proposal at Thule's farm. As indicated by the officer's recommendation for approval, the proposals are considered to be in accordance with local and national planning policy. The proposed solar farm would make a significant contribution to the county's renewable energy generation and the renewable energy targets set by the government. LightSource has provided a suite of technical documents to the council in order to examine the effects of the development upon the environment. Further information has also been provided which addresses concerns raised during the termination of the application. These include amended landscaping scheme, further information on designated heritage assets in the surrounding area, amended construction traffic management plan, transport assessment and layout plan. The proposal has no objections from key statutory consultees, including no objection from Essex Ecology, Natural England and the Council's Highway Officer. Essex Ecology welcome the enhancement measures recommended in the detailed biodiversity management plan. There will be no increase in flood risk arising from the proposals. A flood risk assessment has been provided to the Environment Agency, who also raised no objection to the proposal. The project is also supported by Great Dunmore Town Council, and Stebbing Parish Council have no objection. Members, it is also worth noting that at our community consultation held prior to submission of this application, the majority of the feedback was positive from those who attended. A landscape and visual impact assessment and revised planting plan has been provided. Uh, the proposed new landscaping includes additional infilling of the existing boundary hedgerows. This will further screen the development from this viewpoint from the public right-of-way footpath. The site has been selected due to its discrete location away from designated landscapes and visual receptors. The landscape and visual impact assessment submitted concludes that the proposed development would not affect any of the key landscape characteristics of the site and would have no impact upon existing landscape features or nearby receptors. The solar farm is designed for a lifespan of 30 years, after which it would be dismantled and site restored to agricultural use. Therefore, there would be no residual landscape or visual effect, and furthermore, the site would benefit from a dual usage with sheep grazing being proposed. The proposals would provide the equivalent renewable energy to meet the average daily electricity consumption of 1,493 local households. In summary, the proposals subject to the recommended conditions are considered acceptable with regard to design and siting and all other material planning considerations. The positive contribution of the scheme to renewable energy targets and local sustainability is considered to outweigh any limited harm that may arise as a result of the development. We feel that the site is ideal for solar energy generation and we are in agreement with the officer's recommendation for approval of the scheme with associated conditions. I therefore respectfully ask that this committee grants planning permission in line with the officer's recommendation for approval. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Ryan. Uh, there were a number of people signalling earlier they wanted to speak. I think Councillor Macklin, you were first. Thank you very much. Uh, 
Solar farms, I mean, we actually visited a solar farm the last year, I think it was, and the visual impact was so enormous that we could barely see it from the coach. And I mean, this is in an even more remote location, so uh, visual impact of this one, I would think, is zero. Uh, the fact that it's going to be dual use, I was reading through one of the objections saying that uh, arable farming is taking over from, well, I mean, in this case, there wouldn't be arable farming. They'd be grazing sheep underneath it or geese or whatever. So I think the land would still be viable for use as well as generating electricity. In principle, I quite like solar farms. They work as opposed to wind farms, which I don't think do. I mean, if this was a wind farm application, I'd oppose it wholeheartedly. But uh, under the circumstances and taking all the facts that we've been given into consideration, I'm quite happy to propose that we approve this recommendation. Right, uh, thank you, Councillor uh, Mackman. Um, Councillor Kant, are you going to second it? Yep. Right, okay. You'd like, okay, do, do carry on. Thank you. Um, the, the, I, I do have a couple of problems with this, although I'm quite happy with the planning application. Um, I belong to a walking group, and can we go back to photograph E? And we regularly walk from Church End in Stebbing um, through to St Edmund's Lane in Great Dunmo. And we travel through, uh, we travel through, that, that's, that's the one. That is the footpath we take, um, which after we've gone from um, Church End in Stebbing up to the ridge, and that, that takes us through. Um, this is, I assume, the route that the traffic is going to have to take because um, the, although I think there is a driveway through to Tooley's farm, but then I think it, it I, I mean, I'm sure Mr. Kirby will correct me if I'm wrong, but they are going to have to travel over farmland to get to the fields. Um, and all I'm asking for is that that be protected to some extent because we're talking about quite heavy vehicles having to go to these fields. The other thing is that um, the footpath, um, we rather lose our way on the footpath and, and have to walk through Tooley's farmyard. So quite beside this, I'd quite like them to actually designate the proper footpath where it's supposed to go so that we don't have to walk through Tooley's farmyard. Uh, but it, it really is just some protection. And I quite agree with Councillor Mackman. In terms of the crow flying, I live more or less opposite, um, sort of in, in a direct line to this site. And I probably live in one of the highest points in Stebbing. But you cannot see this site. The land is so undulating between the old A120 and Stebbing itself that um, presumably this will be on a south-facing um, sort of vista uh, and will not really be visible, although I think it may be visible until the stuff grows properly from the um, B1256. Uh, so really it is just some protection for the footpaths and the fact that we will be walking this footpath probably, we, we walk quite often into Great Dunmo and so um, so that there is no confrontation between walkers and 
the um, lorries and machinery that will be making this site. I'd just like to be assured that some protection will be given to the footpaths and that provision will be made for uh, walkers to be able to walk the footpaths safely. Um, right, I, I, I'm slightly confused with your comment though because uh, my understanding is we are looking northeast, and the route to the site for vehicle track would be crossing this footpath, not using it. So you're just talking about the crossing of this footpath because it's about a mile further on the traffic would, would cross. To, 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 to confirm that I got my bearings correct. Thank you. Um, this, this view, if, if you refer to the, the very bottom corner of the picture there, thank you, Andrew. That th this view is taken from um, however far that is, that's um, a considerable number of metres away. The, if I can. It would do. So that that view wasn't is is not even um, taken from within within that frame, um, and it, and in fact that that view is taken from o over here, Merck's Hall, where sure, and there there is actually as you can see on here, a public footpath that does come through the farmyard anyway. So if you, you feel you're diverted through the farmyard, actually you're, you're, you are on a public footpath when you go through the farmyard. Um, the site is in fact just, just above this footpath up, up here. Um, I didn't get an opportunity to put them all together on, on one. So one footpath comes up here through the farmyard and then there's a footpath that if you just follow, it comes all the way through the middle of that field and across there. So there is a crossing there where for the construction period the footpath will need to be protected. Um, but we have a fairly robust um, construction uh, management program and condition, condition 8 um, Yep. <coughs> Condition 8 protects that from the point of highway safety. Uh, thank you, Mr. Lee Evans. Right, there were a number of others. We're going, um, Councillor Easton was next, I think. Yes, thank you, Chairman. I, I was again intending to second the proposal, but um, I just have a, no contention with it. I just want to know whether the um, species rich grass which is planted how long will it survive with sheep grazing on it <laughs> it won't um, I, I will ask Mr Lee Evans who I understand is an expert on grasses yeah. for sheep if you, had, if you had cows it would but not sheep <laughs> and the sheep may safely graze I'm afraid I can't actually provide you with an answer for that um, as I am not an expert in um, grasses and, and, and sheep. Okay, Mr thanks. Chairman, with sheep grazing, it, the grass will grow very, very quickly because it will be self-fertilised. 
Thank you, Chairman. Um, I don't especially like seeing the uh, countryside being covered with um, uh, solar panels, but at the same time, we need the energy. It is temporary and reversible, and it is, uh, there are no objections from the locality, from the uh, parish council or uh, anyone who lives near the site, Dummo Parish Council. Dunmore Town Council also approved, I believe. So I can see absolutely no reason why it should be opposed, and I think it should be approved. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Councillor Hicks. I think Councillor Minnell was. Uh, uh thank you, Chairman. Um, I dislike these, but it does enhance the wildlife source as opposed to a sterile. Um, wheat field. I was just going to, I've noticed that the biodiversity management pro program is prepared by LightSource, who are the, actually the applicants, and I wonder if they have any discussions at all with the Saffron Walden Beekeepers Association, which I think would be very appropriate. And it's not funny, it's a serious question. Uh, Mr. Lee Evans. As far as I, I know, no such conversations have taken place. But, but, Chairman, it has been viewed by both Natural England and Essex Ecology who've considered that it's an acceptable statement in support of the application. Can you repeat that? The statement has been reviewed by both Natural England and Essex Ecology on, on our behalf and they've both considered that it's an acceptable statement, regardless of who wrote it, it's an acceptable statement in support of the application and the proposals they're putting forward. Right, it has been uh, proposed and seconded. Uh, Councillor Kent. It's just occurred to me that perhaps I should have declared an interest as a member of Stebbing Parish Council, although I took no part in the discussions when Stebbing discussed it although Stebbing Parish Council will benefit by the annual payments to them each year. Pardon? Yes. Uh, uh, Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. It's obviously I'm in the minority, and it's obviously I'm going to be pilloried yet again. But uh, let me say that CPRE put three pages of objection in this policy, in this report, which... I'd invite you to look at yet again because there are so many reasons in that why this should not go ahead. Also, from April next year, the government is withdrawing all support for this type of solar farm. Enough is enough. A blot on the countryside, yes it is. And it will continue to be so the more we put in. So I'm afraid I cannot support that. The government is saying next year that the community benefit is almost derisory hardly anywhere in any of the farms that are put in place. So I cannot support this, I'm sorry. Right, thank you Councillor Perry. Well it has been proposed and seconded so I uh, think we should go to the vote. Um, all those in favour of the proposal please show. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Uh, those against? 1. 1. Uh, and presumably, ah, oh, yes, uh, we have an assumption. That's uh, abstent, one abstention. Uh, it is passed. Um, yes, it uh, might be appropriate. We have a little further to go, so we will take a five-minute uh, break. But five minutes only, please. Could someone rescue? Oh, is 
Councillor Easton, are you coming through the door? Good. Okay, thank you. We reconvene the planning committee meeting. Um, UTT 143102, and as Mrs. Smith is ill, Mr. Brown is going to take us through this. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Just one bit of housekeeping, first of all. Uh, there needs to be an amendment on the proposed recommendation on page 97. Uh, we've omitted to mention a section 106. On the previous outline planning application, there was a section 106 which followed a viability submission within it and all we want to do is, is, is to pull, is to just basically travel that on the, to the same 106. That particular section 106, all that did following the viability was sought a contribution of £100,000 towards affordable housing. That was originally secured on the previous application. The viability issues are still the same on this one as they were on the previous one and so all I'm recommending is that particular section 106 issue is repeated. Um, regarding this recommendation. All we have in front of us is a is an amendment that um, was not considered was considered too major to become a non material amendment, but nonetheless it's still quite a minor alteration to the proposal. So hopefully I can address those with you. There are three bits to the amended to the amendments. Uh, firstly uh, these units on this elevation here have been moved slightly further away from the, the boundary with these properties here. The garage in this location has been omitted. This is, I'm going to show you this is the original plan. These garages have been omitted in this location here and have been moved to this location here. So hopefully we've got the, original, the new proposal on there. Oh, she hasn't put it on there. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That shows it, yeah. So therefore, yeah, these properties have been moved away. The garages have been omitted from here and have been placed in this location here. And there's been some reconfiguring up here to accommodate those garages here. The, it does not, there's a high wall in this location here, so there is no increased or reduced or any change to the relationships of adjoining properties and the general layout principles are still retained. There's no loss of car parking spaces. So subject to the amendment to incorporate the section 106, the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. Thank you. We have no speakers on this, so it's open to you, Councillors. Councillor Eastham, you oppose the amendment. Do I have a seconder from that? Okay, can I just ask for a seconder first? Okay, fine. Councillor Davy. Councillor Ranger. Yeah, sorry, uh, Nigel. Did you point out the um, relocate the Orient, reorientation of the carports on 17 and 19. Oh, first of all, yeah, 17 and 19 are these. Yeah, that's that's what I was. They've been moved from that location there. No, that's 17 and 18. Seven, I take the carports for 17 and 19. So oh, we've got a confusion here. <clears throat> That's a single garage between those two blocks, wasn't it? 17 and 18. So, what's been the change here? Is this what? Go back, go back.
Nigel, your mic. Yes, that's been reconfigured, and so therefore we've now got the... I still can't see how that one works, to be honest. We've still got... This is the original orientation of what's going on. That's been turned there, hasn't it? That's been turned there, and then the car park... The, the um, carports that were part of that are now located into this location here. So basically, originally you had that there with a carport that side. Now you've got that there with the carports there. So what's actually happened? Yeah. Yeah, the numbers are still the same. I think it is. It, is, it has been turned around. Go back to the first one. <laughs> the house has been very So you see, um, 17 is, is the middle plot down the bottom, yeah. 16, 17. Its carport... Oh, we've moved. Sorry. Its carport was where the cursor is now, opposite. Yeah? There. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And now if you go to the new one, the carport has been rotated, 90 degrees, to run along the boundary. On the left-hand side. So, so you still got so the carport on the left-hand side with the garage with the spaces in front of it. I've had this proposed and seconded for approval. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Unanimous, okay. All right, the next one on the agenda is UTT 142900, Newport. And uh, Emmanuel Alanar is going to take us through this. And, okay, you're going to start with the first one because I think there is quite a lot of similarities to the next four afterwards. Thank you, Chair. Now, this particular site, if I should just remind members, um, it's so an part of an outline application that was determined last year for redevelopment with a mix of residential care facilities for illustrative purposes for 120 persons, separate assisted living units for people over 65 years of age, 40 units, associated medical and recreation facilities and care support facilities block, including mobile medical treatment, hairdressers, etc. The construction of five number respect care bungalows and five number detached dwelling, open market housing, separate to the care facilities, fronting burial water lane. Vehicular access to the site will be secured from burial water lane, following the demolition of the dwelling known as number one and two. I, the idea of opening this paragraph is to enable members to understand why we are here today. Now, the application before you is to if I should go back a little bit, the applicant is now seeking the approval of 
reserve matter for five houses along here, which forms part of the open market scheme incorporated to the master plan of the care uh, overall uh, redevelopment of that site, which is backing up to here. So the scheme before you today is one, two, three, four, five, respectively. I'm now going to talk about plot one. Uh, the whole idea is that both of them have the same characteristics in terms of layout, design, and access route. Now, the access, the proposed access, will come through White Ditch Lane. Um, because the master plan that you actually considered last year was an indicative access through this middle of the master plan here. Therefore, in terms of plot one, the main three determining issues of this reserve matter are whether the proposed access from White Ditch Lane is considered acceptable. Secondly, whether the proposed mass and scale and design and appearance of this particular plot one will be compatible with the surrounding area. Thirdly, whether the proposed landscaping scheme that was submitted will be incompatible with the rural character of the area. Taking you back, backward a little bit to the first factor, the, the idea of coming through White Ditch Lane has been considered by our highway authority. For example, the rationale behind it is that uh, in paragraph 10.9 of the report before you, 10.4, it stated that, if I may quote and I read, the rationale behind such road safety has also been considered by Excess County Council as a highway authority and they have not raised any objection to the proposed access. They have also recommended appropriate planning conditions in order to protect and safeguard other road users with adequate off-street car parking spaces provided and the proximity of the site to rural bus services. Overall, the proposal complies with the appropriate policies in the adopted local plan. The second issue will be whether the proposed scale layout and mass and scale will be compatible with the surrounding area. As I said, the character the character of the immediate area comprises of two-story detached properties. What the architect has done has mirrored and taken the features of nearby buildings and incorporated them into this particular scheme in order to make them more sympathetic to the character of the area, considering that it's outside development limit as well. So therefore, the proposed layout, scale and appearance are considered acceptable because it is compatible with the residential properties in the surrounding area. It will not harm the living conditions of adjoining properties in, in terms of overlooking, overbearing, and it will not prejudi be prejudicial to the implementation of the care village scheme. Finally, the proposed landscaping scheme will provide adequate amenity space for the future occupants of the dwelling and help in reinforcing the nature conservation of the vicinity and semi-rural character of the area in accordance with the adopted local plan. The proposed details of the above reserved matter, which has been considered acceptable, should be subject to the implementation of the approved outline application registered as UTT 1817-0, I mean OP, 
in addition with the completion of Section 106 agreement. I hereby recommend this application for approval. Thank you. Thank you. Now we have a couple of speakers, and the first person is somebody from the Parish Council, Newport Parish Council. Turn the microphone on, please. My name is Peter Ascot from Newport Parish Council. And Newport has a policy that we um, oppose any development in the immediate vicinity that affects the roads being Berrywater lane, uh, lane and School Lane. We are opposed to any development until there's an, Im- uh, an improvement on the infrastructure in the immediate vicinity. We have tried to get people here to uh, come and see what we've got at the present time, but we've been un- unable to achieve it. And I notice the pictures now come on the screen, and you can see the width of that road, which is about four metres wide. Now, there is concern that the road is very narrow, and there is a potential, and uh, I'll probably be castigated for this, but this, this isn't the end of the, the proposals up uh, in Berrywater Lane. And so there's a, a, a multiplication to be added here that the traffic is now going to descend down that road and go round a sharp S-bend before it reaches White De- um, Berrywater Lane at the bottom. And there's considerable concern also that there is no foul drainage system there. They, these propo- houses are proposed to have their own independent uh, soil systems, which is contrary to um, environmental Um, environmental procedure let's put it that way Um, I don't don't think we should put all these houses on uh, independent systems there should be a proper uh, foul drainage system put in place Um, we wanted you to visit the site again but um, that was turned down I believe that in in fact you said you'd been here before well in actual fact you didn't you were bussed to the site of the care home and you were bussed to the site of the 84 houses that soldiers have submitted, and you didn't actually walk and see what was going on, because we are particularly concerned about uh, the access from this site to the B1383, and when you get to the B1383, turning left and right, the pavements are inadequate, and there is no continuous pavement from outside the grammar school in Berrywater Lane to the main road. Similarly, school lane is a, poor, is, an, is a country lane, not fit for purpose. And uh, also, at the, we have the ford at the bottom of Berrywater Lane and the junction with school lane, which floods, and you've, you've previously had photographs of all this. And uh, I would like to defer this recommendation until such time you've had um, considered making a site visit again to see what actually is in place on the ground because I think that's been completely ignored. And added to this, we have um, bus traffic, which is a considerable concern. You've had photographs of buses on pavements and considerable congestion at school times. Uh, I won't go into it too much more, because it's all well stated in our uh, documents to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, the agent would also like to, to speak, uh, Mr. Bampton.
Madam Chair, Councillors, I'm Bill Bampton of Pelham Structures Limited, agent for the applications. Uh, with the Chair's permission, I would like to speak simultaneously on all five of our applications before you, as the argument is basically the same for all five, except for one point on plot two regarding a specific condition to that plot. The five applications before you today are reserved matters application. The principal of the five houses was granted under planning approval UTT 13 1817 OP of October last year with all matters reserved, that is layout, access, scale, landscaping and appearance. The five houses were approved along with a care village. The approval was subject to a section 106 agreement and 25 conditions. The five houses cannot be constructed without first complying with the 106 agreement and the conditions. Uh, it's been suggested um, in the representation, written representation of the parish council, um, Councillor Perry and some residents, that the application before you are in some way decoupled from the outline approval and stand alone. Um, such suggestions are misleading and definitely not correct particularly so in relation to roadway improvements to the Bury Water Lane, White Ditch Lane Junction and the Foul Water Strategy. The roadway improvements are subject to the 106 Agreement and Foul Water Strategy is condition number seven of the outline approval. Individual septic tanks have not been proposed. Uh, turning specifically to access, uh, White Ditch Lane is a no-through road, only serving the local houses and the redundant nursery site. Uh, five houses, in highway terms, is a very small number, creating less traffic than the previous horticultural use that accessed onto this road. The provision of two passing places will aid traffic flow along the lane. Essex Highways raise no objection to the proposed access route subject to perfectly reasonable conditions being attached to any approval. The on-site car parking provisions exceed the required numbers and allow turning for vehicles which enable them to enter and exit the site in forward gear. The design of the houses we believe is um, totally in scale and proportion with the um, existing houses up Burry Water Lane and also the five stroke six uh, single houses that have been granted in the last few months. Um, typically they are large detached houses in, in their own plots. I believe it may be helpful to the committee to outline the history of the site and the rationale behind the application before you today. The site was previously a cucumber nursery and fell redundant to the large cost increase in heavy oils used to heat the glass houses as the units were no longer viable. The nursery was advertised for some 18 months with no interest. Um, I was asked to find a suitable alternate use for the site. Um, the, the three obvious options appear to be either commercial use, housing or mixed use. <laughs> I initially approached the then parish council some six years ago and was encouraged by their general support and their request that the site should, if possible, provide local employment. 
to achieve this aim has guided the proposed use as predominantly a care village. Prior to making the outline application, we had interest from potential operators which encouraged us to take this route. Following approval, the site was marketed and no serious interest was received due to the much-changed economic conditions at the time. We subsequently applied for an alternate housing scheme on the site. This application was withdrawn when serious interest was received from a care village operator. We have now agreed, subject to contract, the sale of the Care Village component to Retirement Village Group Limited. The company is well known to Uttlesford planners and many of this committee who visited their recently completed facility at Great Eastern during the planning tour in the summer, uh, when incidentally they also visited our own community-based scheme in Manudan. Retirement villagers confirmed that they expect to employ the equivalent of 60 full-time staff in operating the facility. This will include care staff, nurses, caterers, maintenance staff and managers, this fulfill, thus fulfilling one of our primary aims. Retirement villages have no interest in the five open market houses, which is the reason for the current application before you. I apologise for the proposal being as five separate applications, but it is a common occurrence for us to pre-sell the individual houses, which often results in the client requiring changes. It will be far easier to accommodate such requests with separate approvals. Granting the applications, far from prejudicing the retirement village, is one large and necessary step towards its delivery. Um, regarding conditions, um, I did send a, a, a letter in to Nigel Brown a few days ago pointing out that most of the conditions are really redundant because the conditions from the outline um, apply. And I believe there's been supplementary notes issued removing all but condition four and um, removing permitted development on plot two. Now, I think that's um, an anomaly because plot two is actually as large as the other plots, but there's an error in the report that states that it's a different size to what it actually is. I don't know if it's possible to show the, yeah, the site plan. That's plot, plot two, which obviously is subject to the next application. What Sorry. What we will do, we will cover that in the next application because we, we, we actually are on plot one at the moment. So we, we'll, we, we, we'll cover that at the next one. Yeah. Um, that really concludes um, my statement. I, and other than I'd like to ask the committee to grant the application with the revised conditions in line with the officer's recommendation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, just can I, for clarity again... I don't think we got the staff from ordering yet. Um, can I, for clarity, this is all part of these five houses, although they are market houses, they are part of the master plan which goes with the care village. I, I just think we need to be very clear on that, that, there, it, we, that it, it is still a one, well, it, it's looked at as a one. Okay, fine. Uh, Thank you, Madam Chairman. I seem to recall that when this came up under outline application, uh, it was agreed by a majority. I certainly voted against it, the main reason being the access. 
to use that road as an access is ridiculous and will continue to be as long as some uh, serious amendments are not made. Um, I can't see any reason for supporting it uh, on this occasion either. Um, you're, you're saying because in fact the access originally when it was passed was through the care, was through the care village. Now this is an application to take it through White Ditch Lane. Yes. Are you, so you're against White Ditch Lane is what you're saying. Okay, fine. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I was encouraged by uh, what Mr. Bampson said uh, and I'm quite delighted because uh, on page 106, and this is running through all of the um, applications, uh, on um, 8.1 where it mentions that the local plan, etc., etc., and this is from UDC policy and conservation team uh, that you consulted, and it says the application should only be approved if they can be delivered in line with the whole master plan. The policy is clear that the market dwellings are to ensure the development of the care village and apartments. So if I can be guaranteed that that will happen, and uh, Mr. Bampton said that initially nobody came forward, which would mean that then we could grant permission and they could, they could all be turned into to houses, uh, which I wouldn't be at all pleased about, and I don't think many people on the committee would. But if, if we can be guaranteed, and we, you know, this, the local plan now is defunct, if you like, so I would like to be sure that this, because it is mentioned here that it is going to the Secretary of State, who then, unfortunately, what's the word? I think threw it out is the right word. Didn't like it is a better word. Um, so I just want to make sure that it is still, this, this policy is still in place and, and the care home must happen in order for the houses to be built. And I, if that was positive, then I could vote for it. If it wasn't positive, I couldn't. And I know you can't guarantee market forces, and that's a worry. Are you proposing a recommendation for approval, or do you want Mr. No, Mr. no, Brown? I'm not, uh, okay, I'm not saying Brown, anything at the moment. I mean, I'll go, I will. I'd be happy to approve it if, if I answer. could. If, yeah, I'll see what okay. the officers say. I would, I would actually say it's better than that. I wouldn't worry, worry, worry about the policy necessarily, because you have a planning permission. For a, for a care village and residential development for which they are all tied up in terms of a section 106 whereby those five houses or any the first of those houses would bite all the necessary uh, infrastructure requirements required from the care village which obviously is very disproportionate for a single dwelling but that's tough that's why they're all tied together and in terms of the care village I can get I can actually back up what Mr Bampson just said we had a discussion with uh, with the um, retirement, ho retirement homes last week. Me and Emmanuel met with them last week in a way forward in terms of that, that they will be coming forward with development in terms of the proposal. We're, 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 and I'm actually encouraging them to actually do a, a pre-submission presentation to this committee as well. So that is very real in terms of how it's going to happen. Right. We should um, come back. Yes, please. Well, I do know Mr. Bampton to be a man of his word. Uh, and so uh, then I would be very happy to uh, recommend approval. Okay. Do I have a seconder for that? Councillor Wells. Okay. Councillor Hicks, you wish to? <coughs> Thank you, Chairman. Um, I'd really just like a little um, more explanation. I'm, a, I, I'm just rather confused about how we can have in the past given a, uh, an outline permission for 
the care home and the five houses on one permission and uh, now we're being told that we can approve the five houses but and that the um, care home is now being um, the, the responsibility for it is being transferred to a different developer um, who, who didn't figure in the original outline um, permission. So I'm, I'm a little confused by this and I'd like some explanation, please. Happens all the time, Councillor Hicks, but Mr Brown, would you like to come the, back? The planning permission would run, runs with the land and Mr Bampton would not claim to be any, uh, would not be claimed to be a producer of care homes is not, is not what he does um, but the, 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 it is not irregular for an outline plan permission to be addressed by a number of different reserve matters uh, you know, you, you know, quite, especially on a mixed development site so you can have um, residential submitted by a residential developer and a care home presented by a care home presenter you may have other facilities on other sites whereby it can be broken into different chunks so it's classed as a reserved matter under the original it's, it's application it's a number of reserved matters Thank you. exactly yeah. Councillor Perry Thank you Chairman the only concern I have is regard to construction traffic. I've looked at the conditions and I don't think it's covered adequately there. The fact that the lane where all the access is going to be provided is so narrow. I know highways say that because um, it's a narrow lane people don't travel at speed. I can assure you they do along there. So if we can have some sort of condition to strengthen it so that construction traffic is kept off the lane. Can we have our condition, which is the construction management plan, and are the proposer and seconder um, agreeable to allow to, to, to include that? It, it's a very good one to have. Yeah, I'm delighted to uh, say that. But are we allowed to put in a condition? I think this must be highways that there's only a 20 mile an hour speed limit on that road. As it, uh, are, are we allowed to do that? Unfortunately, that's not within our powers to do that. Right. Uh, it has been. We're only talking about the first one at the moment. It has been proposed and seconded for approval, subject to an extra condition with regard to construction management, which I would like to see far more often on uh, a lot of our um, our planning applications. And maybe we can take this on board. Uh, all those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay. Those against? One. One against. Okay. Right. Now we... Uh, on... Ms. The Parish Council, do you wish to speak again or have you said everything you wish to say? You have a right to speak on every application. Mr. Bampton has indicated he has spoken for the lot except for... Uh, and we've got to discuss the size of plot two but that will come in... The, uh, in the next presentation but I just want to find out if you wish to come and speak to every application do you wish to do that okay that's fine so I'll just first of all go to the officer for his presentation and that's for uh, number two which is UTT 142901 thank you chair um just for a matter of clarity, the only difference between all these five properties is to do with the amenity space, i.e. garden. 
in the report, I think there's an error there, is more than 103, instead it's 213 square meters regarding space for plot two. And uh, other issue remains the same as the way we addressed it in plot one. And overall, we consider the issues not to be in conflict with the development plan. I thereby recommend it for approval. But no taking away... Okay. Can I just suggest that on that basis, what we did on the supplementary planning guidance is all of them are exactly the same apart from plot two, which didn't suggest take away condition three, which was to remove the permitted development rights. I suggest, bearing in mind what the case officer just said, that I also suggest we we omit condition three, which was on, on plot two, um, as well as plots, as well as conditions one, two, and five that have already been mentioned in the supplementary. So, to put it bluntly, I'm, we're recommending that you, rem, that from the recommendation, we remove conditions one, two, three, and five. And, and I'll, pro, I'll probably preempt the fact I would suggest that we would add the construction management condition to that one as well. And just a clarification on. On the plot two, there is no need to take away permitted yeah, development rights. Right. Just, just so you all understand that. Okay. So, um, and the parish council, you wish to come and speak with regard to the? Yeah. If you'd like to come and sit up, Mr. Banton, do you mind moving <laughs> back? Do you have anything new to, we've heard you once, but yes, if you'd like um, to add anything else? I, I can't remember the name of the council here, which is the long, who's opposed, opposed. Councillor Eastham, yes. The uh, reason I've come back again, because I think Councillor Eastham's touched on a very important aspect of this. I know we consider each one at a time, but that road is so narrow, it just, it's totally impractical to put all those houses on it. And I didn't get any further down the road when there is a nasty... I don't know if Councillor Eastman's been there, but if he has been to the site, he will notice down the bottom end there's a very nasty S-bend. And one of the people in Willow Vale in particular is annoyed that every time somebody goes around that corner, they're tooting their horn, which is a particular annoyance. But even so, it is a blind S-bend. It doesn't show on your plan, but if you continue uh, in the opposite direction to that, probably down that way, it is totally inadequate, that road, to take any more. And I I want to speak about the future, because there, Mr Bampton has a plan for 15 more houses as well, and there's yeah, a, we've, we've got we, we need to speak to this planning application yes, and not anything I'm, yes. I'm sorry you have to, 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 to I understand I knew keep you your pull, comments to this I know you were going to pull me up on that but it's the accumulative effect and I, I, I hope you listen to uh, Councillor Eastman that this road is totally inadequate to carry that traffic thank you very much thanks very much right members of the committee Councillor Ranger Yes, I'm very happy that uh, the highways issue has been dealt with and that um, the local members' uh, concerns have been dealt with. Um, And I'm happy to recommend that we accept the officers. 
Sorry, uh, Mr. Banton, having indicated that he wasn't going to speak, he's now taking up his right to speak. I'm sorry, I didn't see you come. Uh, think, well, uh, yes, thank you. I'll, I'll be very brief. Um, I just need to respond to what uh, Peter's just said on two points. Um, in the Section 106 agreement that binds the outline consent, there are roadway improvements that remove the second bend on White Ditch Lane, so it won't be an S-bend. Um, in addition to this, on the outline approval, because we are local and we're very conscious of the conditions there, particularly at school time, we, ask for condition, we actually ask for Condition 14 to be put on, which is no construction traffic, including deliveries, to use Burry Water Lane between the hours of 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock and between 1500 and 1530, because they're the peak school times. And that will also, in effect, work through to White Ditch Lane, because you can't get to White Ditch Lane without using Burry Water Lane. Thank you. Thank you for those comments. Sorry, I will now go back to Councillor Ranger, who was... Yes, uh, thank you, Chairman. Yes, uh, Mr. Bampton has just actually reinforced my satisfaction with the highways issues having been dealt with and also, as I noted, the local members' issues having been dealt with. So I'm happy to um, propose that we accept the officer's recommendation review approval as amended conditions uh, three coming off. I think they're all coming off except for the construction one. Am I correct? There's one other at the and there's one other at the So there's two, four and five. Four plus a new one. Four plus a new one, so we'll have two conditions. Okay. Do I have a seconder for that? Councillor Hicks? Just a second, Chairman, yes. Uh, Councillor Easton. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, I'm not so concerned about construction... I'm not so concerned about construction traffic because there's a condition that says that that must go through the, through the middle, through that lane there. I'm, my main concern is the, is the size of the road for access to those five houses. And I don't think that uh, County Council um, really have a proper steer on this. I'm sorry, but I can't approve it. Thank you. Does anybody else wish to speak on this, this matter? Councillor Camp. Um. Where is construction traffic going to park? Deem it parks on the site, but uh, could you... Sorry, that's part of the construction management condition that is rec recommend now recommended. So that all that stuff, that would also cover issues over wheel cleaning and, and, and stuff like that as well. Right. I do not see anybody else wishes to talk on this matter. I will go to the vote. It has been proposed and and seconded for approval, subject to two conditions. Uh, all those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. And those against? One. One. Okay. I will now go on. Well, I think I've made my point, Madam Chairman, about uh, the road, and uh, everybody seems to be neglecting that. <laughs> this is plot. This is plot three here. 
Again, the issues are similar and identical, with the exception that in plot 3, we have the rear garden, the rear garden as 182 square meters. Again, sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Are we, are we on 01? I thought, I thought we'd... I thought we did two. We haven't done this one. God, have I been asleep? Have I passed out? I don't miss. <laughs> I don't remember seeing oh one. I know we did. Uh, we've done two, haven't we? Two. Well, I d right. That's it. I'm leaving. <laughs> Yeah, this is this yes, is, this I, I is know, plot three. I know, I've just noticed. This is plot three here. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> this is plot three here, and uh, the amenity space in terms of the rear garden here is 182 square meters again above the standard in our adopted local plan and access design guideline. Members are reminded to look at the up recommendation in the update sheet regarding the conditions recommended for that will be deleted, respectively. On balance, the application again in terms of landscaping, scale mass and design and access are considered acceptable and compliance with that development plan is hereby recommended for approval. Thank you. Right, there are going to be no speakers this time, so uh, Councillor Ranger. I propose we accept the officer's recommendation with the revised uh, conditions, Chairman. Thank you. Do I have a seconder for Second that, Councillor Davy? Does anybody wish to speak on this matter? Right, I will go straight to the vote. All those in favour, please show. Uh, Twelve. Those against? One. Right. O2 is passed. We will now go to on 903, Mr. Eleanor, which is plot four. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. Uh, here we are again. This is plot four, and that's the access again. The, the issue remains the same. Nothing has changed except that the amenity space here. It's approximately 210 square meters, again above standard recommended in the design guideline. Overall, the landscaping scheme, access, design and appearance are considered acceptable and compliance to the development plan, subject to the scheme being tied up with the Section 106 agreement linked up to the application. It's hereby recommended for approval. Thank you. So we have the two conditions on like we've had all along the line. Councillor Ranger. So I propose we accept the officer's recommendation for approval with the amended conditions, Chairman. Right, Councillor Count, you're seconding that. Do you wish to say anything? No. Right, nobody wishes to speak. All those in favour, please show. Uh, Twelve, four. Any against? One against. Right, okay. And the last one in this section is no that's it wait a minute one two no 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 one more sorry oh four nine oh four well i did it as well <laughs> it is five to five <laughs> right we will now go to plot five um miss eleanor thank you chair this is plot five here again the access through this angle 
Plot, plot, I mean plot five no. here. Plot five. Uh, access through this area. Again, members should look at their update uh, amended supplementary uh, uh, information regarding the conditions that are recommended for, to be deleted. Again, nothing has changed except on this particular scheme. We have more than uh, 230 to 240 square meters rear garden above standards recommended for the council's uh, design guidelines. Issues relating to landscaping, mass and scale, and access are considered acceptable. Compliance to develop, uh, adopted development plan. Sub, this scheme is recommended for approval, subject to the completion of section 106 and implementation of those details. Is hereby approved for your consideration. And once again, the two conditions that we have been speaking across the way. Right, um, Councillor Menon. Thank you, Chairman. I understand the Parish Council's concern because I know White Ditch Lane extremely well. What I would never wish to jeopardise at this moment in time in this district is a care home which we desperately, desperately need. And consequently, I voted for this each time. I understand their concern, but I also know that area extremely well when it was a very active cucumber plant and there was a tremendous amount of of toing and froing, so I think their worries will be uh, delayed. Proposing the recommendation. Fine. Do I have a seconder for that? <laughs> Councillor Parry. Uh, does anybody else wish to speak? Councillor Easton. Madam Chairman, I shall be voting in favour of this. Good Lord. <laughs> now you look, look at the drawing and, you, and work it out why. Because you tell if us. those four plots were not in use, plot five would be acceptable because there's going to be no other traffic down the road. Right. We have a... a well, you can talk with him afterwards. Um, we have a proposer and seconder. Um, it's been proposed and seconded for approval with the two conditions as we have had they're explained on your yellow sheets as we have had for all these plots all those in favour please show unanimous fine now before we get uh, for the next one I am going to switch round and take UTT 143228 Suffern Walden now as Mrs Heath has to go to pick up her son so I would um, crave your indulgence that we do this one before we do the, 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 um, the uh, Saffron Walden 2862. So. Thank you, Chair. The site is located within the development limits of Saffron Walden and the application relates to the erection of a two-storey side extension and garden store. The existing garage will be demolished to make way for the extension. So here you've got the existing elevations, and this, uh, this drawing here is the proposed. The extension will provide an additional bedroom at first floor level and an enlarged kitchen and dining room at ground floor. The applicant has demonstrated that adequate parking provision in line with the adopted parking standards will remain on site. So there's three spaces. It's a, it will be a four-bedroom um, dwelling and there will be three parking spaces. This is a photo of the application site and you can see the garage there will be um, demolished. This is the attached neighbour who's had a similar side extension and this is the dwelling opposite who again have had a similar side extension. 
As a result of the design of the extension and the distance between the site and neighbouring properties, there will be no impact on neighbouring amenity. The proposal is considered to be acceptable and is recommended for conditional approval. We have no speakers on this. It's over to committee. Councillor Kant. Do I have a seconder for that? Does anybody wish to speak on this application? All those in favour then, please show. Unanimous. Okay, that's fine. Thank you. We, we will now go back to... UTT 142862, Saffron Walden, and Mr. Thurboard, you're going to take us through this. Thank you, Chair. Just a um, piece of housekeeping, first of all, uh, in line with some other comments made by Mr. Brown on... Uh, affordable housing contributions. In the sub-rep for this uh, report on page 7, it mentions that the, the scheme as revised in front of you um, for the three dwellings um, is now no longer liable to the affordable housing contributions um, as it was under the previous scheme uh, because of the change in the national uh, planning guidance, practice guidance, uh, which takes away those contributions for between one and five dwellings. So this being a three-dwelling scheme, um, therefore, uh, is now no longer liable to that contribution um, requirement. Uh, to move on to the site location plan, this is the site um, as approved um, on the 13 scheme but with just a small revision on the carports uh, this is plot one this is plot two this is plot three uh, and the car parking arrangements for each is such that you've got the frontage parking for plots one and two and you've got these double carports for plots one two and three with also parking on the side and behind here shown now uh, it is proposed to um, simply extend the forward uh, line of each double carport by 0.4 of a metre um, to be in line with uh, car parking standards to convert the carports as approved to garages where uh, they are to be simply infilled on the sides and on the rear. Uh, to the flank boundaries but the, uh, the fronts would be retained. Now this is the original frontage, uh, nothing changes there and go through these. Uh, this is as to be um, uh, proposed, you can see the filling in here uh, with uh, boarding and brick plinth, open frontage. Uh, critically the height of the garage blocks as from the carports will remain at 5.5 metres uh, to the ridge. That doesn't change and therefore the angle of pitch doesn't change uh, from the 42 degrees as shown there. So that's obviously a critical thing. Uh, so the report uh, as, as revised uh, recommends that in terms of design, appearance and impact on amenity 
there will be no significant impact on amenity to the neighbours, either to the, the front uh, or to the rear or indeed to the, the side. Um, the other minor change is on the... Yeah, that's it. Uh, on the uh, changes here for the, uh, the window, high-level window at uh, second floor uh, for plot three on the eastern flank, uh, that is to be at high level, as represented by the very interesting uh, <laughs> section uh, there. Uh, it's at 1.6 from the... In- well, it's, it's got flares. That's all I can really say. Um, from <laughs> Possibly so. Committee... Please listen to the officer. <laughs> okay. I think you might be here, actually, but uh, no comment. Uh, from the internal floor level to, to the window, uh, and it's been adjudged that there would be no overlooking uh, or loss of amenity into the gardens of plots one and two. That uh, is also important, showing what was originally approved for the carports. Um, as I said, there's simply infilling on the sides and to the rear, no increase uh, to the ridge at 5.5 metres. Uh, therefore, uh, Chair, it's recommended that this application be approved. Thank you. Now we have some people who wish to speak. Um, first person up is Nick Kane. As neighbours, we object on the grounds that it is unquestionably a material change, as the Council ruled in its first judgment, and one that is not only detrimental to the neighbouring properties, but also seeks to circumvent the conditions attached to this plan's initial approval. It indicates strongly that contrary to the conditions stipulated by the Council, the applicant is seeking to transform what were clearly designated as cart lodge garages into buildings which at 5.5 metres high and with 24 square metres of habitable space, if a ceiling is installed, are suitable for loft conversions with garage space underneath. We are strongly opposed to this alteration for the following reasons. These garages are almost as high at ridge height as 42 landscape view and barely a metre less than Hazelwood. At 5.5 metres, they are extremely large, intrusive, bungalow-sized buildings compared to the garages at near or adjacent properties, some of which are double garages. None of them are over 4 metres high. The only rationale for a 5.5 metre high garage with a 42 degree roof pitch is its conversion potential into home offices or annexes. Otherwise, why is the roof so high and the pitch so steep? Given that to garage a transit van would only require 2.2 metre clearance, what is the purpose of the other 3.3 metres? No cross-section drawing has been supplied by the applicant and therefore there are no details of the internal structure. Does it have a ceiling? So there is enclosed roof space or is it an open structure? None of this is made clear. What is clear is that if these garages are approved, Within filled walls, it invites conversion. Installing ceilings, VLUX windows and garage doors is not difficult. To prevent any change of usage, we request that the local authority puts a condition on these garage buildings that they are, will only be retained for garages. 
Three very big houses already dominate this relatively small plot, and now the developer wants to put three more substantial buildings on it, making six in all. The original cart lodge design minimised the impact of these garages and allowed some breathing space in what is already an intensively developed site. Infilling three large-scale garages is overdevelopment and will compromise any attempt to make this site look less congested and more integrated with surrounding properties. Infilling might encourage potential buyers into believing garages of this size present an opportunity for conversion. We believe this should be absolutely precluded given the unwanted congestion, overcrowding and privacy issues for neighbouring properties. That the applicant should seek to do this when he has when he has approval for five bedroom houses which already have very extensive living and storage space can only have one explanation. This application has not been made to improve the design quality of the development or to prevent noise as the developer suggests. Instead, it has been made to increase the developer's profit margin because estate agents believe that properties with infill garages sell for more. We urge you to refuse the application. Thank you very much, Mr. Kane. And I believe Jill Schaefer would like to speak next. Yes, we were here with less than a year ago discussing what we thought then was the overdevelopment of 44 Landscape View, and now we're back again discussing what we thought was an approved plan to change the agreed cart-lodged garages to three, as we see it, outbuildings. As it's already been uh, suggested, 5.5 metres is much more than a garage once it's infilled. It can be converted into offices, kids' areas, playrooms, adding more noise and invasion of privacy on neighbours and surrounding gardens. And where then do the cars go? They clog up the road outside, they impact dangerously on the bed of landscape, the bend of landscape view and Debden Road, making it even more dangerous for pedestrians and those trying to get out of landscape view in Several Devils Lane. And we urge you not to grant permission for this. Thank you. And then the third speaker objector is Amanda Thomas. Okay, well, I'd just like to take issue with uh, what Mr. Theobald said. It's not a small revision and it doesn't represent a small impact on, on amenities. I live at 42 Landscape View. Um, those houses are right on, those, yeah, houses are right on my uh, boundary and if they are converted, which it would be silly not to, I can't see that um, there, you know, if you had that amenity, you would turn it into an office. Um, that would add to the noise, disruption and everything else you know, on my border and I'm not happy about that. The other thing I'm not happy about is that um, while construction has been taking place, I've found it extremely difficult to get out of my house safely. Um, it's impossible to see the traffic coming around the bend at Seven, Seven Devils Lane. Cars travel along that road at quite a speed um, and it's very, very dangerous. And I think it affects not just my property, but properties further down the road. If there is, I mean, there's hardly any room to swing a cat on that site. Um, and if, um, you know, with five bedroom properties, there are likely to be quite a number of, house, of, of cars. Um, there won't be room for them all. They'll no doubt be parked. It'll be easier and quicker to park on the road, which will add to the problem. So um, I would, you know, dispute that there's no significant impact to neighbouring properties. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. And now the agent would like to speak, and that is Philip Kratz. Thank you, Madam Chair. You members. six six minutes. If I you, promise if you, not to take six you, minutes. Okay, getting late, I think I think the machine. Nine. Oh, nine. I beg your pardon. Oh. Three, six. Yeah. You have nine minutes, but I I'll don't settle for six. Um, thank you, and Madam I don't know the machine's working. <laughs> I've been advising the um, applicant on various aspects of this, but I'm delighted to say I did not draw the man inside the attic looking out of the window. Um, There's always two aspects to any development, and that is whether the principle is acceptable, and then if the principle is whether the details are acceptable. On the principle, members of this committee may recall approving this scheme in March of this year. It's not even a year ago. It's about eight months ago. And to all intents and purposes, the scheme was identical. Certainly the houses were all identical, apart from the very small window um, with the chap looking out of it. And all that's happened to it is that the car ports are now having the side walls filled in, but not the frontage. They're still drive in, drive out. The car ports have been extended, uh, as was indicated, about that much further forward. That was simply to meet your current space standards. And um, what has been said is not agreed with. What we found is that the car ports do give potential for um, complaints from neighbours about slamming doors, etc. The original scheme, we volunteered and we're delighted to have um, taking away the PD rights for the houses, but also to have a specific condition on requiring that the parking um, arrangements, the car ports, now the garages, be retained in perpetuity for car parking. And we are again delighted uh, for that condition to be imposed. I think it's condition 13, I think it was page 166 on your papers. And that is the complete answer to the neighbours' questions. The scheme already has been approved and it's under construction. And what we say is in terms of visual amenity, there's no difference whatsoever because what you can see over the fence is the same whether it's a carport or whether that carport has the side walls filled in. We do say that the potential is that there will be less impact on neighbouring amenity because if there is any disturbance from firing up the engine or closing a car door, it's contained within the driving garage. Um, The carports were proposed originally because what we found is that people are far more likely to use their garage if they don't have to get out and open a door, and that is a feature that's now retained. So um, they are structures with walls, but they they can still drive straight in for the convenience of that um, without having to stop, get out and open the door. So uh, at that, uh, I think that's answered. The the principle is okay because you've already proved it. The details are okay because they make things better for neighbours not worse. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you. And I just want to seek clarification again. The height is exactly the same as what we approved back in March. Right. Councillor Ranger. Uh, Thank you, Chairman. Um, The last speaker spoke about the principle. Yes, we accepted this uh, on principle and it had carports, um, which guaranteed the on-site parking. What we're being asked to do now is the first stage towards unauthorised use of the carports with enclosed sides. It's an easy step for somebody to do that, and that could lead to unauthorised use, um, albeit we've got a a condition, um, but enforcement is not always easy, 
and the damage will be done if that displaces cars onto the road and that aspect of highway safety worries me and I find difficult <coughs> to um, realise that the applicant in the original scheme of things um, in his costings towards this didn't have a cost identified for the retail sale of a unit with enclosed carports which could lead to this belief that people could make an unauthorised use and I'm not sure what um, policy we could put to refuse it and I'd like to hear other members' views. Thank you. Councillor Wells. Yes, well initially I, well, I had sympathy with the uh, neighbours of what they were saying but the agent has actually reassured me and I can't really see that a building with no door I mean, anybody, a building that's just a carport could have walls put on it without permission if people were going to do that sort of thing. So I can't really see any problem with it. The agent's comments have reassured me. Are you proposing approval then? I'm happy to propose, propose right. approval. Right. Do yeah. I have a seconder for approval, please, with regard to uh, this, this application? Well, to get us going, I will second the approval. Uh, Councillor Perry, you're next. Thank you, Chairman. I did call this in because I wasn't happy at all. I see it as an over-intensification of the site by the fact that they're 5.5 metres high. That, that is really too big. I can't do much about that. But the removal of the PD rights can be a condition. It's already on there. But, but can I just go back to the height? The height is what we approved back in March. We must all remember that. The height has got approval. Okay, I understand the height has got approval. The fact is, neighbours have got to live with this. And it is so easy, especially when you've got two carports alongside each other, to amalgamate them into one. Quite easy. Easy to do. And I would like PD rights as a minimum to be refused on as a condition. I know you say it's there, but it doesn't seem to be strong enough to me. I'm just going to let the officers come back to explain a few things. First of all, condition 13 is, is not the standard condition requiring retention of the garage. It, is actually, it has actually been boosted up, taking into account the situation that we've got here, because it mentions conversion, using it as a habitable accommodation, all sorts of things. It, it can only be used for parking cars in, full stop. And I'm, and I'm also generally concerned about members thinking about what could happen. That what we are approving is a garage with no front door, as opposed to, and all we're doing is approving two, two um, walls either side of it. If they wanted to convert it to a dwelling or, a, or whatever, a major business use, they would have to apply for plan permission anyway. If they wanted to use it for general habit habitable use, like putting the fridge freezer in it and all that stuff, they would have to approve for plan permission and that will be duly dealt with. Okay, they may not apply. They may put it in and may, may do it, but we'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it. I think we can safely say that the residents are watching what's going on on this particular site. So therefore, I think we cannot assume that someone's going to breach planning con con control, and also we cannot assume that someone's going to breach planning control and we're not going to know about it. I think you, you can't say what if 
um, because that would be the situation on every single garage that you've approved today regarding this application. So I, I'm a bit concerned that members are concerned about what could happen. Uh, and condition 13 is quite very, very strong. It's stronger than a normal condition that we would normally put on there. Bearing in mind condition 12 also takes away general permitted venom rights across the site as well. So it's quite well controlled, more, much more controlled than, than many sites are usually are. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Um, well, if Condition 13 hadn't been on there, I wouldn't have voted for this. We cannot say what's going to happen in the future. We don't know if they're going to come along and make a room or an office or a garage. That's, it's a bit like hearsay in a court. You, don't, you just don't know. But I think it's been fairly covered by Condition 13, which would enable me to vote for it. But I, I just would like to take something up. In the applicant's case... It does say the developer would have preferred smaller double garages from their change from carports, although this was not an option due to current parking policy. So I wasn't quite sure what that meant. And, um, and then uh, I, I was going to say about taking away uh, permitted development rights, but seemingly that's covered as well, so I won't go there. But if you could explain to me why you can't have double garages instead of... Uh, of these things because of parking policy I don't understand yeah the parking policy issue is the size of the spaces oh and right so therefore they would like to have put smaller garages in um, but because they wouldn't comply with our parking standards because there would be two small spaces that's, that's, that's the nitty gritty of that yeah you couldn't get a car in in other words it's a bit like my garage <laughs> a smart car will go in but nothing else oh. well in that case I'm happy to second the councillor Kant thank you chairman um when my neighbour removed both their garage doors and put windows in and refurbished the inside for residential, uh, I queried with the council and, they, and was told that that was permitted development as long as it was related to the house. Does Condition 13 in fact remove permitted development specifically from the garages? Yes, thank you. Uh, I tend to agree with Janice then. The extending is uh, complying with the Essex policy. And to be honest, um, with the sort of weather we've been having recently, if you, there's no point in having a carport, a carport unless you can keep most of the weather off your car. And I think as long as it's strong enough so that if anyone put a garage door on there or suggested they would do, this policy is strong enough to have it removed. Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Jim. Um, just like to um, comment on Councillor Ranger's remarks concerning um, conditions and enforcement of conditions. If we applied this argument to, in, which he was suggesting in this case, then there would be no point in ever imposing conditions on uh, approvals that we grant um, if, if they're unenforceable. So I think we have to assume that they are capable of enforcement, whatever the difficulties, and, uh, and uh, act accordingly. And the condition is there and should be, um, should be honoured. Right, I have nobody else who wishes to speak. It has been proposed and seconded for approval with those quite strong conditions attached. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Those against? Two. Two. An abstention? And one, one abstention. abstention. Thank you. It has been passed. Right, 
that actually finishes the planning applications for today. Councillor, yes, that, you, you, he's already turned on. We need to go on to the next one, which is tree preservation. We, we have no more planning applications, according to my list. Hmm? We've done it. Huh? No, we're going to do the trees now. It's not a planning application, it's an agenda item. It's an agenda item, it's not a planning application. Uh, Chairman, uh, may I be excused from the remainder of the meeting? Uh, Councillor Rangers on. excused himself, and he is my transport <laughs> factor. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no, a lot. No, no, no. I, I suppose no. It's a long walk to Dunmo. Yes, I you appreciate may. your indulgence, <laughs> Chairman. Thank you. He's forgotten about you. I suggest you run quite quickly. Okay, fine. Right, uh, agenda item five, which is uh, a tree in Great Dumbos and Edwards Lane. And who is going to take us through this? Huh? Are you good? Yes. And Council Menel also has to leave, she told me early. Right. Thank you, Chairman. This one's, very, this one's only in front of you because it's um, Uttersford's tree. Sorry. All right, okay. <laughs> Um, the, it's, a, it's an application for works for the TPO tree, one of our own trees. Uh, the, council, the, the county's tree officer has no objections to the proposal and it is, and it is recommended that it be approved. Councillor Davy. Uh, Madam Chair, I'm just curious, because it's a willow, I didn't think willows actually counted as being of any value at all. Mr Brown? Well, they do. It's, it's a tree covered by a tree preservation order. So... It's not worthy of a tree preservation order. Well, that's a judgment, and the judgment was when, presumably, the council made the decision that it was worthy, and that's the situation we're dealing with. Councillor David. <laughs> Recommendation. Do I have a seconder for that? It's all over the place. All those in favour, please show. It's unanimous. Okay, the next one is a tree preservation order in Thaxted, and I think, Mr. Brown, you're going to take us through this as well. Yeah, again, I'll be very brief. Again, this is, this is um, not an application for works to a TPO. It is, rec it is, a, it is a recommendation for the, cons um, the confirmation of a TPO tree. Um, there's lots of detail on there because we had a very very detailed objection from, from the neighbour next to the proposal. Uh, I think, cutting to the chase, if you go to pages 162 and 183, you can actually see the free lime trees. They're of excellent quality, they are of good health, and they do certainly contribute very, very significantly to the Faxted skyline, and that's why uh, it is recommended that TPO be confirmed. Uh, there's, no con there's no consideration here in terms of proposed works to the tree. It is just the merits of the amenity value of the trees. Councillor Kant. Um, I live opposite um, an avenue of lime trees, and we also have an avenue of lime trees up to the church, both of which are pollarded regularly because otherwise bits drop off on people and cars and things. Um, these do seem quite tall, and the recommendation is against pollarding, I think, or, at the moment, or any reduction. Um, I mean, the, the dwellings 
in close proximity to these trees do look quite old, thatched and whatever. Uh, I mean, presumably um, a risk assessment has been done to make sure that they're safe, etc., etc., because uh, one is concerned otherwise. I mean, I, I, I take a contrary view to some people on, on the committee, and I don't think trees are sacrosanct. I think, like everything else in the environment, there has to be some sort of equilibrium, and I think... Um, we're not considering pollarding here, but within the uh, condition six, within paragraph, I'm doing it now, on paragraph 16, um, the tree officer has actually gone through the issues regarding uh, pollarding of this particular tree. We have refused pollarding. The tree, officer, the tree uh, an application for pollarding this, of this tree has been refused previously, uh, but uh, that is not what's in front of us today. It's not, you know, but it's. it's to confirm the TPO means that we're bringing works of the tree under control, and that is something that can be considered later on. Because it, but paragraph 16 clearly goes through the, the merits and the demerits of, of pollard in this particular tree. Councillor Kant had concerns about this, and I raised this in our workshop earlier on, that, and I don't know if we can put, depending which way we go on this, whether we can put an informative on, that I think it would be beneficial if you can't if not the TPO because I, I it was very clearly said that dialogue is required in many cases because I did ask the question by oh, confirming yeah. the TPO mm. that encourages dialogue to be honest because it means the tree's preserved you can't touch it you come and speak to us now that could be anything from being pruning it all the way down to felling it so yeah. that, that would actually encourage the dialogue right then can we get our message out because it was yes I've seen you don't <laughs> worry you're on the list um, can we get our message out that dialogue would help both ways because I think there is a view that uh, these TPOs suddenly land and the people do get um, c quite concerned because especially the English view, is an Englishman's garden or nearby is his castle. And I do think that, 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 that maybe more dialogue needs to be, to be done. And I, I have to say I found that very informative, the, the presentation we had before this committee. So let's hope we can move further on that. Uh, I've now got Councillor Lachlan, then Eden, and then Perry. Well... We are a mixed community now. We're not just all Englishmen. We're all, there's all different uh, nationalities. <laughs> I know what you would say. I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're Romanian in that cottage. I, uh, uh, no, uh, well, the point I was going to make is, I mean, I live in an avenue. It used to be the manor house, and they've now built houses, so we've got two rows of protected trees. And, uh, and one of them, next door but one, is a monstrous, bigger than our monstrous oak tree, it's a lime. And the biggest problem with that, and I love trees, and I, I, when I saw them cutting it down illegally, I did actually do something about it, which I've never done before, because I don't consider myself to be a, a tree policeman in the district. But their biggest problem is the keys, because we find that we, you know, periodically have to dig up little mini trees that are growing in our, in our garden. Um, so, I, you know, I mean, a tree is a tree. I mean, why? Because it annoys somebody. Do we have to think that we have the right to come along and say that tree shouldn't have a right to exist? Or, you know, unless it's dangerous, I can understand that. But just because you live in a thatched cottage, well, tough boots 
you know, people buy thatched cottages and they know the risks if they live near a tree. So I'm sorry, I, c I can't agree with you. I, I, I would just come back on that, is that if you, if you actually maintain a tree and look after it, it will last a lot longer than if you leave it to get out of control because what happens is you get some freak winds and then the tree comes down and then you lose you lose the tree and it often can do damage. So in fact huh? it hasn't as yet, but I'll show you the ones that came down in my garden. So so it can happen. All I'm saying is maintaining trees is probably a better way of preserving trees than leaving them continually. Um, right, Councillor Eden. Um, yes, I'd like to uh, recommend we vote on the, re the recommendation on the basis that if it's TPO'd and someone is then unhappy about it, they can complain to the council. Do I have a seconder? Okay, fine. And then the last person I've got on my list is Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. It's just a word of caution. We got into big trouble at the Town Council with regarding the parochial church council because we did start trying polluting TPO trees in the churchyard, which... Uh, Cause an awful lot of problems for us. I know oh, we cut them down in the end, but is are the church parochial council involved in this? Is what am I trying to get? At? We're asking whether you've asked whether these are the trees that are owned by the parochial church council. Whether yeah. do they come under the same regime, rather like councils? So can they, they cannot touch their trees. We have to give them. Permission. Okay, fine. Yes, they do. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Do you? They still got to apply to us. Thank okay. You. Okay. okay, right. It has been proposed and seconded that we confirm the TPO on this tree. All those in favour, please show. Um, you now. Oh, no. Eight. no. Eight. Those against? Any abstentions? One. Two. Two. Oh, too, sorry. Right. Okay, and the next um, is urgent appeal decisions. Does anybody have any comments on appeal decisions? Right, then I shall go straight on to the urgent item we have, which is agenda item 8, which was on your, by your desks. Um, affordable housing contributions. The government have changed the goalposts again. Right. I will, I will summarise what the report's because I've just reread it and it, it mm. is confusing the way I've written it, to be honest. Um, the, what the government is now doing is that we cannot um, seek uh, affordable housing on sites of 10 or less, but we can seek contributions of sites between 6 and 10 that aren't in rural areas. Now, that means in this district anywhere but Saffron Warden, Dunmo and Stansted. And so therefore, on that basis, we, that's what's changing the regime. And anything under, five and under, we cannot seek affordable housing anywhere, full stop. And so now, don't shoot the messenger, that's the message that's come through from, from central government. So, so that's where we... And also on that, five, on that six to ten, we can only seek a contribution, we can't seek um, provision. And that's why you've been some, 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 some changes, which, again, 
I, don't, I think that's a very backward step in, in terms of where we are. All I want to do on this particular report is, and I realise that there are two on here, when there should only be two, one case, you have one outstanding... You, you have outstanding resolutions from this committee which approve planning permission subject to section 106. Now, I've just noticed that landscape view is on here when it shouldn't. Landscape view, planning permission was actually granted, and I'll come on to that in a minute. Obviously, you've just, you've just approved a, a, a ver another version of that one which, has, which won't have a 106 on it. The only outstanding one that you've got a resolution from committee, it probably shows how quick legal are at getting 106s out, is the Moores Garage one in Thaxted, uh, the redevelopment of that site, which was in Saffron Warden. It's less than 10 dwellings, and so therefore that is no longer subject to a section 106. So all, all I want you to do is confirm that that you will change the recommendation just not to require a section 106. I know it's with a heavy heart that we're all doing this, but that's where we are. We have got a number whereby planning permission has been granted, section 106s have been issued, and we need to work out a way of proactively going out and reaching out to those people. Those ones which have been... We've got a few that have been refused because of the non-provision only of the affordable housing... Uh, Mr Kratz is the agent for one of those particular ones and even today I'm, I'm encouraging those to resubmit those applications and we will reconsider those applications and, but the sting in the towel is where section 106s have been approved, development has started and they've paid the money tough, that was under a previous regime and we, we're not going to unpick those and so that's based. so all I'm asking members to do today is only one of those, the Moore's Garage decision is to re-ratify it without the requirement of a section 106. I think it's a terrible retrograde step. We've already this afternoon lost two affordable houses on a site which we, we need affordable. We need to, produce, to give houses to our second and third generations and um, I, I think I shall be urging the, uh, the leader of the council to write to the government to say that we feel this is a retrograde step. They're asking us to, to, to build houses. In fact, we get a very good response from the developers in this area, and I think this is just very sad. Um, you know, I, I think there's just been a few... There must have been a lobby from some of the small... from some developers who, who seem to have got uh, the ear of government and I think it's very sad. Councillor Perry, you wish to answer. I'm just seeking clarification, that's all, because it says here affordable housing contributions then you go on to 106. Um, I'm thinking more of perhaps education and health. That doesn't come into it. We can still ask for that or is that gone? The, we don't ask for it anyway under that number. But yes, if we had asked for it on developments of lower than 8 in Saffron Morden, we wouldn't have been able to but we don't, the threshold for education is 12 and for 50 for the NHS so it doesn't relevant, but any financial contributions under 10 in Saffron Morden we can't ask for Do I have a second for that? I think with a heavy heart I'll go to the vote all those in favour please show I think it's unanimous. I think we know we can't do anything but. Right, the only other urgent item was to wish you all a happy Christmas and a nice new year, and we'll see you all in the, new, in the new year. Merry Christmas. Oh, we see, oh I shall see you on the 18th, yes, that's true. <laughs> um,